killing myself I can't afford to be here This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and today I'm recording at 8 a.m. on the West Coast. Why would I be doing that? Well, that's because joining me in the Zoom room right now is a guy from the East Coast. So it's a nice, uh, it's a nice comfortable 11 a.m. for this gentleman. Please welcome, I'm going to say it, Rick Springfield superfan, Dave Festini. <laughs> Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Pat. Yes, I think that's a fitting description. Now, Dave, you and I have become friends this past year over the pandemic. And that's a, that's actually one of the positive things about this for me is I've met some uh, some additional people that uh, that are listeners of Rock Solid, but have actually become friends. And when I for me, you're a friend of mine. If if your phone number is is in my cell phone, and, but you and I, we we text like all the time and then we see yes. each other. We play Name That Tune via Zoom every Saturday. So I'm actually seeing you more than I, I see like my longtime friends. <laughs> right, because you can't see them in person. No. So, uh, it's so very true. Yeah. And so Dave is, uh, everyone uh, knows, well, maybe not everyone, but now you do. Dave is a Rick Springfield <laughs> super fan. Dave, is Rick Springfield your number one artist? He is my, yes, he is my number one artist, which I'm sure isn't something you necessarily run into every day right? Uh, with, with guys, which is, has been my cross to bear for And, and can I ask, years. how old of a gentleman are you? I am 48 years young, Pat. Yes. So, jeez, uh, I'm, I'm eight years older than you. That sucks. Um, okay. So <laughs> you don't look it. So, well, thank you. What age, Dave, did you become a Rick Springfield fan? What year? What age? Uh, it was, I think I was around eight years old. It was the working class dog, Jesse's girl year. Or, okay. Yeah. So that was working class dog was 81, right? So. Right. So. 1981. So you became a fan at eight years old and I, that was the album that uh, got me hooked on Rick Springfield. So in 81, I guess I was uh, 17. And okay. not, not, that's not an easy time either to be a Rick Springfield fan if you're a dude. No. Well, I mean. <laughs> I, you know, I heard the song, my dad had this big console stereo. It was like a huge piece of furniture and it had a turntable and a tuner in it. So I would sit there and just, I was, a you know, I would flip back and forth radio stations, listening to music all the time. And that's where I heard Jesse's girl for the first time. I didn't know the, I mean, my mom was watching general hospital, like every other, you know, housewife was watching, but, um, I didn't make that connection. I just heard right. the song. So I made the connection to the song and then the next song is what I've done everything for you. And like that kind of music, it, it, it's, it's his wheelhouse, right? It's that great three to four minute pop rock song. Yeah. And I just made that connection. So that's all you need with music. Definitely. You don't know that he's a heartthrob. No. In fact, I wish he wasn't. I mean, it would, my life would have been a lot easier if he'd been an ugly dude. Yeah, but do you think his career would have been, uh, you know, if he looked like uh, Steve Earle, you think that he would have taken off? <laughs> uh, I, you know, Keith Olsen told him not to do General Hospital. He told him that the strength of the music on that album was good enough that he didn't need it. Now, that is uh, that's producer Keith Olsen, Rock in Peace. 
Yes. I'm just, uh, I'm just, um, I'm just, uh, you know, giving some, uh, some context in case people don't know who Keith Olsen is. Yeah. I mean, his position, I understand he'd had three albums at that point in the U S that had not been, two of them were outright flops. Right. Um, you know, so he's made this album full of material, but he doesn't have any confidence in whether or not it's going to take off. So they offered him a paycheck to do general hospital. I probably would have taken it too, but, um, I'd take it right now. I, <laughs> I, I honestly believe that. Yeah. I think the stuff on that album was strong enough that, cause he didn't get the airplay. Like Jesse's girl didn't get played because he was on general hospital. In fact, it hurt him because it was being played on rock stations. And when they got wind of him being on general hospital, rock stations pulled the song. Um, so that music started getting played before radio ever made the connection. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think he would have been maybe not as like, overnight success everywhere type of success but i think he would have been successful without it and i think it may have changed the direction of some of the stuff that that was that was recorded because you know it was always a he always had a struggle for for uh uh, what's the word i'm looking airplay well not airplay but respect respect yes yes it was always a credibility credibility perfect because they just thought he was he was just an actor who decided to yeah. make an album. But looks looks never hurt other uh, recording artists. I mean, we we you know John Waite or Sting or just you know th- things that are popping well, off the top of my head. At that at that time, right? That's that was the birth of MTV. So mm-hmm. we kind of started that wave of, in some cases, style over substance. You know, you, yeah. you had to have a you had to have a, a pretty face to really to make it big. Yeah, um, yeah I, people I, people I, would rather watch a Duran Duran video than a you know Mark Knopfler, <laughs> right? Or Joe Jackson. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, um, yeah. I know. I think it was the. I think it was the. Uh, it was the soap opera, right? You know, it was that, and then to make him Jack Wagner. And then for some reason, when he becomes a teen heartthrob, it's not as cool as if Duran Duran was. For some reason, I don't know. Yeah, right. Duran Duran is one of those groups that kind of gets respect from both sides. Yeah, like if you were they do. A Duran Duran fan as a guy, you know, they're not exactly Van Halen, but for some reason they carried a little more clout. And I think if if Simon Laban had been on a on a soap opera, maybe that doesn't happen. I mean, you know? there's no one prettier than John Taylor. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, come on. This to this day, yeah, those guys that just defies time. How old is Rick? How old is Rick right now? Is he seventy? Is he seventy-one? I believe he is seventy years old. Yeah, he I'm looks fantastic. Seventy or seventy-one. He looks great. Yeah, he, he looks really. He'll good. He'll still take his shirt off. Yeah, I have. I was never comfortable taking my shirt off, Pat. I don't know about I, you. I think I had like maybe a year where I was okay with doing that, <laughs> but no, I no unless yeah, you're. No. Only Matthew McConaughey should really take his shirt off, in my opinion. It's a, it was a sick uh, twist of fate. I went, I was like 150 pounds and thin as a rail mm-hmm. when I went to college. And then once I got done my first year of college, I'd put on all that weight. So like, I think, what is it, the freshman 30 or whatever? So I, I think it's really the freshman 15. But if you put on 30, then something went horribly wrong. Well, when you're 150 pounds going in, you put on a little extra. Yeah. Freshman 15, yeah, freshman 15, that whole alliteration thing would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's not freshman. <laughs> uh, what else can I ask you about Rick Springfield? So when you're, when you're growing up and you're listening to Rick Springfield and your friends find out that you're listening to Rick Springfield, how's that go over? Not, not well. 
<laughs> no, I mean when you're eight, when you're eight. Like I was thinking about this the other day. When you're right? eight, you're it's eight cute. Old, yeah, you're in grade school. Generally, the 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 your friends and your peers aren't. I don't think they were into music the way I was. Like right. I grew up in a very musical household. I used to spend I you know so much time listening to my dad's old fifties forty fives. So I was very into music at that age. So your peers aren't really making fun of you because they don't they don't really know. It's not until you get to like middle school, yeah, and you know your friends are listening to Def Leppard and motley crew and van halen and they go who do you like and you go rick springfield and it's like are you you know they laugh like they think right. you're kidding and it's like no um and then looking back on it now i give myself the i give myself credit for sticking to my guns um but yeah it doesn't 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 go over well you're, you're subject to a lot of teasing at that point not only from friends but but family as well. <laughs> my brother has been a and what's your brother's name yesterday and is he gonna listen to this Oh, I think that's a safe bet, Pat. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get lots of ammunition from this. <laughs> well, me. now we can we can we can uh, we can two time him, two team him. What's the word I'm looking for? We can gang up on him. Double team, double team, double team him with this. Yeah, I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna that? say fuck that guy <laughs> if he's listening. Hey, I can yeah, remember. I can remember being a, a freshman in college. Freshman year, I did not have my. Um, albums or stereo at college but i would still go and buy albums because they had turntables in the library they had like four or five turntables okay. with headphones so you could take an album over to the library and put it on and and sit there and listen and do homework or whatever you're going to do um i was probably not doing homework um but i remember buying a living in oz my freshman year in college you know and walking across the quad <laughs> proud putting that on i didn't hide the album no. cover i put it right there i didn't i was probably looking at it i didn't care i i never cared i really never I, cared i had um one of my bosses when i worked at a different company used to you know he found they found out they always find out that i'm a rick springfield fan and he would used to say that they would go to show he and his friend would go to rick springfield shows just to pick up women well there you go so, there you go you know um yeah now well, I'm going to lay some more groundwork here. You just don't like the music. You've, you were in the Rick Springfield documentary. It was. You've been on stage with Rick Springfield. I have. You've won a Rick Springfield autographed guitar. That is also true. You've been on a Rick Springfield cruise. Uh, yes, the cruise and one of the uh, all-inclusive resort trips. Yes. <laughs> and when you go to those special things how much access do you have to rick springfield on the trips yeah um i mean indeed there, there are scheduled events mm -hmm. right so i think everybody gets their picture taken so you're definitely going to see him there yeah and they do um what are the the add-ons you know that you can do the uh i forget what they're called um but you can you can swim with the dolphins mm -hmm. and and rick will be there or they do a private party someplace, um, you know, so you get to, you get to see him, you know, at those events as well. And you'll see him just walking around right. the resort. You see band members for sure. And in fact, I spent a good 30, maybe 45 minutes talking to his wife, you know, talking to his wife with my wife, Nancy, one day, because she, 
you know, she's just out mingling with fans. Sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, you don't, and he'll do things where he like, del- he'll, he'll deliver messages to rooms. I've never done that. Um, like will he, but, he'll come to your room. Yes. He would come to the room. I mean, again, these are all kind of add-ons to the trip. So you can, you know, he'll come to your room and hang out with you for, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. <laughs> but I think they build it as like a 10, as like a, that was something that the women would do. Yeah. That's amazing. Know. It'd be a little weird if I said, Hey, Rick, come to my room. <laughs> you know, even I have my limits. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so you answer my next question. Your wife goes along with you on these type of events. She's a saint. But is there, is there stuff for her to do and enjoy? It sounds like there is. That's not oh, I mean, Rick Springfield related. The resort. Forget it. Yeah. She loves, you know, she loves going to the all inclusive resort. So, you know, it was a beautiful, it was a, um, wasn't a beaches. It was the, it was, I think it was a club med down in, in Cancun, Mexico. So, you know, it was this gorgeous resort. The coolest thing about that was that it was all Rick Springfield fans. Like the cruise, there were other people on that cruise yeah. who weren't in on the, the Rick thing. Right. But the, the resort was all Rick Springfield fans. There was nobody there who, other than people who were working there who were not Rick Springfield fans. Um, so yeah, I mean, she's, she, she loves the trip. And she just has to deal with me. Does she like doing that for you know, 25 years? Does so she enjoy, but she does, does she, tropics. does she enjoy the show though? When he puts on a show and does she like the music or does she just tolerate it? Um, I think, I think she liked it maybe the first 50 times. All right. Um, no, she, she's into it. She's in, she, you know, she enjoys the show, the concerts, you know, I've been, I've started going, mm-hmm either trying to drag friends or we drag friends. So she's not, you know, she's got somebody else to talk to, um, you know, but, but uh, yeah, she's not, she's just not sitting there or falling asleep like she did <laughs> at the Bon Jovi show. Okay. I'm going to take it for that. Now we're going to, I'm going to hold some of my questions off so we don't burn them all here at the top of the show. We're 16 minutes in. I want to get to some music. I am going to tell people that I am, uh, we're recording via zoom. I'm recording the video and I'll put this up for the Patreon people if you want to watch that. And um, I'm also going to tweet the link out to this Zoom, uh, the Zoom link. I'm going to tweet it right at Rick Springfield, uh, what will be the nine o'clock hour for me. So in another 40 minutes, and uh, I'm I'm going to read to you what my my tweet says. (laughs) It says, hey, at Rick Springfield. If you are awake on this fine Sunday morning, we are recording a Rick Springfield deep dive episode and would love you to pop in for a few minutes to chat via Zoom after 9 a.m. And then I put the Zoom link there and then I said, thanks. Now, this is a dangerous thing to do because uh, a couple weeks ago, I tried to do like a Fleetwood Mac episode with fans could join in via Zoom and we got porn bombed. And um, yeah, so I'm going to be, uh, I'm not just going to let every anyone in who answers this link if, open the floodgates yeah if the if the name if it says rick springfield wants to come in i'll click on that so if someone's smart enough to do that and then we click on it it's someone you know rubbing their junk well then so be it i'll, I'll just get them out of here and only dave and i will know that but right. um and on the and on the audio you might never know it now you'll probably know it but uh that's what i'm gonna do and, and is, he, is that gonna happen i I doubt it, but who knows? You never know. Never know. You, you never don't know, know unless you try. 
Exactly. All right, Dave. So you and I came into the Rick Springfield. Ver- and by the way, I want to tell people I'm a super fan too. I've seen him in concert many times. He's been on this show a couple years That's ago. It, it, it's one of the things that brought me to the podcast was your interview and the fact that, you know, you treated him like a record, you know, a, a, a songwriter and a recording artist, you know, and not just a novelty. Right. Just exactly. Girl guy. Yeah. And that's, and I think he appreciated that too. Sure. So, um, I've also met him after concerts and I've met him. A friend of mine was working on a show called don't forget your toothbrush. And he was a guest and she told me to come down and I could meet him. And I got to go in the makeup room where he was, you know, right after he got his makeup done, it was just him and I, so I've met him on many times and, um, and he's always been great. And I'm a, so I'm a super fan too. I own all the albums, all the stuff. I haven't been on a cruise and I haven't been, you know, <laughs> I haven't had him deliver a message to me and all no. that stuff. But, um, but I haven't been on a cruise for anyone. So, but you know, I'm still, I'm still a fan. Fan trips for anyone. No. Who would you go? Who would be your number one? If you know, you could go on a fan trip. I don't know. See, because of this podcast, I've gotten to do a lot of uh, things, you know, go to shows for free meet people because of the podcast I interview normally when there's not a pandemic, Mm. I I interview people in person. So, I mean, I've been very lucky and fortunate. Like my wife asked me, are you missing concerts? And I, I actually said, I'm not really because I, I do, I get to do it so much. It's like a gift. It's like, so, I mean, so I'm, you know, I'm okay for a year, you know, or a year and a half, whatever it is. You know, what things are going to come back. Of time. Yeah. So I can't really think of who I guess. And see, I was just going to say maybe the who, but I've met, I've got Pete and Rogers autographs. I've, I've like had FaceTime with them after the show. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not the interaction with the, the artists themselves is cool. Believe me. Yes. Don't get, don't get me wrong. But right. It's also more about just kind of geeking out with a bunch of people who are just as right. big, you know, fans as you are. Yeah. Um, you know, and in this situation, given the amount of just, you know, abuse I've taken for being a fan for so many years to be around those people who all feel the same way you do yeah, is kind of a, it's liberating is a great experience. Yeah. Well, here's my example with the who, uh, when they came through in, uh, was it two, it would have been 2019. My friend Suzanne knows the guy who runs uh, all the cameras. He's in charge of the mm-hmm. camera people. So we got to go down and we got to eat with the band and the crew, you know? So like the only person that wasn't there was Roger because he gets a, he gets acupuncture and a massage before the show. But Pete Townsend was right at the next table. Now I didn't, did you, did you interact with him at all? No, we were told not that we should, that we shouldn't, but I mean, but he's eating right there. He's right next to us. Like, excuse me, sir. Could you could you pass the uh, hot sauce, Mr. <laughs> Townsend? But I mean, it was it was, you know, and we got to walk the stage of the Hollywood Bowl before the show. So I mean, cool. yeah, I mean, I've been very lucky with things like that. It's 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 yeah, almost a dream come true. A situation on the the Mexico trip where one of the guys that worked for the tour club who booked the whole who ran the whole thing moved a. a a beach chair and mm. hit and ran it right into Nancy's leg. That bastard. And she got like a bruise. So they came over and they, they apologized. They said they were really sorry. And they were like, we want you to join us at our table tonight at, you know, dinner, which nice. here at an all inclusive resort. So yeah. 
But yeah. we get there and we sit down and who shows up? But, you know, Rick and his wife, the whole crew is sitting at, at this table group of tables. Oh my God. That's great. Um, but it was, but it's, it's just, it's just uncomfortable because I don't think he understands the circumstances. I think he just looks over and he's like, who the hell is that guy? Who's that guy? That guy like, why, um, or why is this guy following me? Or maybe he thinks you're someone. What if there is, was there a, was there a tier where Rick would come to your room and put ice on Nancy's bruise? <laughs> uh, I don't believe so, nor right. do I think I would have taken advantage of that. I think that's just risky <laughs> at that point. All um, right. Let's get into some music. Now, you and I came uh, to the party in 1981, but his first album actually came out about eight or nine years before that in 1972. Yes. And that yes. album was called Beginnings. Yeah. Um, well, he also had you know had a success in Australia with Zoot. Zoot. But, um, yeah, a band called Zoot. Um, but yeah, he came over to the U.S. and put this out. You know, put this Beginnings album out, and actually had a modicum of success with it. I'm, I don't remember what where Speak to the Sky got, but I did definitely broke the top forty. I think the top twenty actually. Um, and there's a, I think there was an A and E biography or something where there's some sort of story where. There was an accusation that Capitol Records was bussing young girls into cities to buy the album <laughs> so it would, you know, lead to its success. And once radio stations got wind of that whole thing, that they stopped playing the record. So after after Speak to the Sky, which was the, the song that charted, um, nothing else was a hit after that. Well, first of all, you don't need to bust people into a city to buy records. You can just ask people in that city to buy the records. Yeah, it was always, that whole story was a little weird to me. Like, what if, you, I, what? if I was at a record doing? store and, and someone said, here's $20, go in and buy the new Rick Springfield album, and then you right. can keep the rest of the money. All right. Yeah, deal. This idea, like, how many girls are you bussing in? To yeah. inf to affect sales, like it would seem <laughs> seem ridiculous. Like a bad plan, yeah. And why bust girls in when you have sissies like you and I to buy the albums? <laughs> yeah, right. Why not just tell me? Yeah. Hey, listen, Dave, it'll really help Rick if you buy fifty copies. <laughs> okay. Of, uh, I will. All right. What okay. um, what's your first song from Beginnings? What do you got for us? I have a thousand years. All right. Um, which at <laughs> one of the first shows that I ever went to. Uh, and which I have video of actually, you can hear me. He's like, it was a, it was a radio station show. And you know, he's asking jokingly saying, you know, what do you want to hear? Whatever. And you hear my dumb ass off to the side going a thousand years. Like he's going to reach back to 72 and pull right. out that piano based song. Yeah. That, I mean, Bruce Springsteen uses a teleprompter sometimes in concert to remember lyrics. There's no way. <laughs> Rick Springfield's going to remember this song. He didn't, he didn't have anybody type that no, one up. No. All right, let's hear it. Here we go. A Thousand Years. Okay. We talked it out a little more. You might never have gone away. If only I'd tried instead of making for the door. If 
There's the fade down part for me. Here we go, Dave. Dave, this is the awkward part where you and I don't make eye contact when the music's playing. <laughs> Just kind of look around. Just kind of look around, maybe bob our heads. Um, now, I own all the Rick Springfield albums, but I will admit that I am not uh, super knowledgeable about anything pre-Working Class Dog. I made sure that I got all those albums prior to interviewing Rick, and I listened to them. But I'm not super knowledgeable about these. But I do have favorites from each one. So the song I chose was Come On Everybody. By the way, 29 minutes until we get uh, porn bombed. <laughs> That's what I'm going to put this. Hope. Now, Dave, is, is uh, and don't tell me what it is, but is your favorite Rick Springfield song of all time on your playlist today? See, that's one of those questions I could never answer. Because they're all your babies, just like Stevie Nicks. Well, yeah, I mean, I could never, ever narrow it down to just one. Okay. I just couldn't, I just can't do it. All right. You know, like people say, what's your favorite movie of all time? Like, I can't, you love different movies for different reasons, so I, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I have to do movies by genre. Like, I just can't give you one. If push comes to shove, I would say, uh, maybe say, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. But I would rather do it by, oh, this is my favorite comedy, this is my favorite Science right. fiction, etc. Um, how many kids do you have? Two. And which one's your favorite? <laughs> I refuse to answer that question. You do uh, see, you have one there. My see, children, and they would answer it for you. Oh, but do, I cannot. Do they? Do they both agree that you have a favorite? I think they would probably. Yes, I believe they would both agree that it's the same person. And but. then, and then, does Nancy like the other one? Um, no, <laughs> I, think Nancy would, I think Nancy would tell you that she loves them both equally right. as do I, Jeez, I just stuck myself, <laughs> just incriminated myself. I love both my children dearly. They could not. Well, let's just put it out there that both kids hate their uncle. <laughs> just so he knows. They do. They do. Right, They're good. disgusted by him. And, uh, and I, and I agree. <laughs> All right, let's move on to 1973 comic book heroes. I like now the beginnings album has like a very uh, pretty boy picture of uh, Rick on the cover. It does. That's, and it's funny because they were, you know, they were clearly marketing him as a teen beat, you know, David Cassidy uh, pop star. Right. And the, but there's stuff, there's thematic stuff on that album. Like there's a song about a, a gay man who, you know, a woman falls in love with him. There's a song on there about suicide. Like, it was not, you know, the yeah. hoppy, you know, that that they're trying to portray him to be. So uh, just from out of the gate, he's fighting the management that's trying to promote him as one right. thing. And as an artist, he's trying to be something else. Did he audition to be Keith Partridge? I don't believe so. But he has had there have been things along the way where he uh, he was he was he I think he auditioned for the lead in the Buddy Holly story. 
Wow, that wouldn't. Instead of uh, that, Garrett Busey. Yeah, I don't see him being doing that. Nah, but you see them putting on a pair of horn horn rimmed glasses, and you know, I don't know. I'd like to see Maybe a screen. I, I need to see a screen test on that day. <laughs> uh, comic book heroes. I like this album cover. He's like, uh, it's a. Uh, what do I want to say? It's a, like an animated type drawing. He's wearing like a cape. Yeah, it's like a Superman type deal. Yeah. Yeah. With some long flowing locks. What would Kyle think of this cover? I don't know. Maybe Rick Springfield is uh, is someone that we go through the album covers with. Although I don't think Rick's album covers are bad. <laughs> I'm sure he would love the Mission Magic cover. Well. That's the one that's just. That's to, great. we'll get to that in a minute, but that's to promote a Saturday morning series. So yeah, it is what it is. All right, what's your song from uh, Comic Book Heroes? My song from Comic Book Heroes, um, and this is my favorite of the pre-working-class uh, dog albums, it's, uh, it's Do You Love Your Children? And as we just talked about, you do love one of them. I love them both equally. Wow. You, won't, you can't trick me into it. Well, don't let them listen to this. Here we go. Children, <laughs> <laughs> good one i like it it is and again um if you listen to the lyrics of this sh this song he's i believe he's addressing like the environment the planet mm -hmm. yeah. I, were they worried about the environment back in 1973 well you know now that you say that i think on this album cover he's dressed as captain planet <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> trying to save the world someone listening please go find the comic book heroes album cover and then photoshop uh captain planet's costume onto rick springfield and then send it to me please rock solid podcast at gmail.com all right i picked the song believe in me great song there'll be a time when everyone is left alone and i'll have mine there is no doubt when everyone has won out and gone when everybody's had their fill she'll be waiting she's waiting still and though she doesn't know i know i know she wouldn't mind cause having someone believe in me is all i need to know and standing fading it down i'm fading it down now i gotta i'm gonna admit to you dave i have not listened to rick springfield music in over three years really ever since he was on the show because um as i've said before on this show many times uh dealing with his people 
left a bad taste in my mouth, uh, management and PR. Rick was amazing. And he probably right. has no idea what was going on behind the scenes. But, um, but that left a bad taste in my mouth. So I'm actually glad we're doing this because now I'm going to be all, and I was never not in on Rick Springfield. It's just, it would dredge up ugh, all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm excited we're doing this because uh, I'm going to be doing a, a personal deep dive on Rick Springfield music now for the next couple of weeks. Cause I love it. Cool. I love it. Yeah, it's great. And that, and that, you know, that song, that song's great too. I, I wish, and we'll get to these later, but with the orchestrating stuff that he's been doing mm. recently, I wish he would reach back and grab a song like that. Right. To me, it's perfect. You know, we didn't, we didn't get that far into the song, but there's a ton of orchestration in that song. He should have, uh, it would be great. He should have done, he should have done it chronologically and he should have just taken one song from every studio album. Mm. And, and done it, uh, yeah, that orchestrated awesome. it. That's what he should have done. And, and I uh, get it. You know, like I get that he's, he's, he has to aim, he has to concentrate on everyone. Right. right. And not everyone certainly is like me. It's the yeah. same thing. The same go, you know, same thing goes with the concerts. It's gen generally the hits and he sneaks other you know, album type songs in, you know, from time to time. But for the most part, it's the hits. And, you know, if he, if he went in there and he played a bunch of songs that the common ticket, buyer didn't know well then you know nobody's gonna come so i get it but i would have loved to have seen him do and, it you know what you yeah. suggested and i'm jumping way ahead but for people listening right now please know that rick springfield still makes music he oh, had yeah. like he had like a period of 10 years where he wasn't doing anything but then when he once he came back he's been on it ever since then so so and that stuff to me rivals the best of his earlier yeah, the heyday. Stuff, yeah. It really does. doesn't happen. You know, any, a lot of the artists from that time, from the eighties and from that time, they'll put albums out. There might be a good track here or there, but I mean, his stuff is solid start to finish, which you don't find. You don't find. And you wouldn't think that, you know, someone not in the know wouldn't think that Rick Springfield would still be hitting it out of the park. No. All right. You certainly won't hear it on radio. No, that's for sure. Moving on to 1974 with Dave's favorite album cover, Mission Magic. <laughs> what do you got well, for us, Dave? You can't always have an animated figure of yourself standing on your head. Um, my <laughs> choice from this... By the way, though, I want to put it out there. If anyone would like to uh, take a photo of me and then put an animated picture of me on top of my head, please <laughs> do so. And send it to rocksolidpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Um, my first choice is uh, you'd better think twice. All right. Actually, you know, the story behind this album is it's that he did this animated series and he had to write a different a new song for it for every episode. Yeah. Um, that mama spanks her baby line. <laughs> it was one of the first times in a Saturday morning cartoon where they actually depicted a child being spanked. Bravo. Just a little, just a little, tri <laughs> just a little trivia. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Out there. 
Was it it was an in an animated baby getting spanked by an animated mama? Yeah, yes, it was animated. You couldn't possibly show that live action. I have a feeling I have a feeling that there's a video cassette in your house with all the Mission Magic episodes on it. Would I be right or wrong? Video cassette. There are two DVDs. They released that they, all of the episodes on DVD. They really and, did. Uh one of them is uh, says it it is dedicated to Julia and Matthew. It says to Julia and Matthew Rick Springfield. I had him sign. What now and are these still readily available or would they release them and now they're out of print? I haven't looked that one up in a while. My guess is that that set is probably out of print. I mean, did you yeah, watch I, them all? I I have watched not all of them. I don't think I watched all of them. I watched a bunch of them. And the kids, yeah, I know what you're going to tell me that I forced it on them, but the kids actually enjoyed okay. the series. And so, you know, that's good. I didn't. I, it is. I didn't. I didn't force it on them. They saw me watching it, and they were like, "What's this?" And I can remember as they were kids, there were a couple of songs that I'd hear them singing sometimes. So, yeah. has your brother seen these? No. Fuck that guy. No, I don't. I, he may be aware <laughs> of the DVD, but uh, no, I, I don't believe he has watched any of the episodes. All right. Well, <laughs> if you've seen them, then you've heard this because I chose. I love the theme from Mission Magic. That's great. So here it is. Do you believe you believe in magic? Cause I believe, I believe that I do Yes, I can see, I believe that it's magic If your mission is magic, your love will shine through Do you believe you believe in magic? Cause I believe, I believe that I do Yes, I can see, I believe that it's magic If your mission is magic, your love will shine through If there's one thing Now, if you're a frequent listener of this show, you have heard my friend Mike Schmidt on the show. Uh, And Mike's a big dude, and he's not the type of guy that you would think you would see at a Rick Springfield show. But Mike Schmidt is as big a fan of Rick Springfield as you and I are. Well, not as you are, but as as I am. And... um, and it's a blast going to see Rick with Mike because people are like, that dude likes Rick. Yeah, that's right. We're all in. Where was he? Where was he when I was? I know, right? Old? We saw. But that's the thing too, right? Like you could like that stuff on the periphery. Mm-hmm. But you just couldn't say he was your favorite. Well, yeah, you know? I guess not. When you get older too, you, you get, you know, people accept more accept my brother. Yeah, that's cool. Um uh, we, but, um, yeah. we went to, we saw him in an outdoor, I think it's called the Libby bowl in Ojai. And, uh, it was like an afternoon show and we went up there and, um, sad to say attendance was super low. Like, let's say the place holds, it's like a mini outdoor, like amphitheater, but it only holds right. like about 800 people maybe, but there were only about 300 people in wow. attendance. And we were like. Uh, this really sucks. I want, I, I bet he's bummed when he comes out. Well, he came out and played like he was playing at the Rose Bowl. I think he might have even overdid it. I think right. he even went even harder because he walked out into the audience and he climbed on tables. And, and there's a picture somewhere. I'll try to find it. Schmidty and I took a like, selfie and you can see Rick behind us. 
And then uh, I just turned to Mike at that point and I go, I'm going to go high five Rick Springfield. He goes, you go do it. And I just walked, right, <laughs> I just walked right over to him. He's on this table and I put my hand up and there it was. I mean, it was, uh, it was great. It was so much fun. Yeah. He, he, uh, he goes out into the, into the, and sadly, I don't know how much of this is going to be going on anymore. Uh, once concerts start again, but, uh, he goes out in the, into the audience pretty much on every, in every, on every show. Yeah. He relies on the guys in the audience to keep him from falling down or like getting pulled down into the audience. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I just think he loves, I mean, absolutely loves performing. I think he lives for it. Yeah. So you know, once he's out there, whether it's 300 or 800, I don't, you know, I don't luckily, thankfully he doesn't let it affect him, but I'm surprised though, because there's always, he still pulls a decent crowd. He really does. I was shocked too. Cause I've, whenever he plays in LA proper, um, the tickets are pricey. I mean, a lot of artists yeah. come through and the tickets reasonable, but his, he still charges a, a hefty price and it's always packed. So yeah. I was really shocked. Actually, I was, I don't know what might've been going on that day that, but I, I was shocked that it wasn't uh, jam-packed. Um, you can see in this video, if people are watching the video, you can see behind me, uh, there's uh, autographed albums. Uh, after the pandemic, I think getting autographs is going to be super tough. Yeah. I don't think anyone's yeah. going to come out the back of the theater and meet and greet fans. I mean, I don't, unless, you know, yeah, someone, like, unless someone like Sebastian Bach will, some crazy person will. Right. But uh, yeah, I just well, don't know how that's going to be. Yeah, I you know, unless we get to a point where it's gone forever, which I don't sadly I don't think is ever gonna happen. Yeah. Um yeah, that sort of stuff is probably over, at least for a very yep. long time. And then if there's those special meet and greet things you pay for, you're probably gonna have to show up with a with a negative test and they're gonna take your temperature right. and you're gonna mask up and all that stuff. So it's gonna be different. Gonna be different. Yeah. Um it's funny. There's an Asian, an older Asian couple that lives uh, in our neighborhood somewhere. Uh, we've lived here 12 years. I've seen them walking almost every other day for 12 years and they've always worn masks. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because, you know, you'd see them and part of you in your head, you're like, all right, is that necessary? You know what all I mean? Right. And uh, now it's like, oh, okay. They, they knew something I didn't know. Yeah, so they were prepared. They were prepared. Yeah, my wife works in a um, in Fort Lee, New Jersey, and in, in Pal, Pal Park, New Jersey, is a very high Asian population. And you would, you know, before any of this ever happened, you would see them, you know, wearing masks a lot. Yeah, so. it was a cultural thing because they do it in their country. Right. So why would they come here and, and not be worried yeah, about why germs? Would it change? Yeah, exactly. really. Uh, okay, nineteen seventy six. Wait for night. What do you got for us? I have uh, what was the single from this song, which is "Take a Hand." Yes, and when I and when Rick was on the show, I said I, I believe that "Take a Hand" and some songs on "Wait for Night" were the first glimpse of where he would be going with his musical career, style yes, stylistically. Recorded, uh, I believe he recorded this album with Elton John's rhythm section. Yeah, D. Murray and Nigel Olson. Nigel Olson. Yeah, I'm pretty sure D. Murray is a rocking piece, but Nigel Olson is still going strong. So here we go. Take a hand. Turn up your radio and put your ear to the sweet, sweet music. And take your baby and hold her in your arms and hear the music go. And if you're feeling like it, go get your lover and read and rock her. 
That's the one I would have picked also. That would have been my first choice because I just love that song so much. It's like one of those songs you you just you think, especially for that time period, like how is that not a huge hit? Yeah. Um but he, you know, again, it's this it's this cycle of bad luck where he records this album and then uh, the record company, Chelsea, mm-hmm. tanks. It yeah. goes under. You know, so there really isn't any promotion for it. So that song should be in the set list today. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think if I've ever heard him play that. I think he brought it out. He used to do some shows in, uh, I think it was Milwaukee. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Where he would do like multiple nights. Okay. And each show every night would be different and he would pull out a lot of older material. And I think he did it there. Um, But I don't think I've ever heard that one live. And it's certainly one that I would love to hear. Yeah, it would be great. By the way, I just want to, in case we don't get to a lot of this, I want to tell you that Rick Springfield's done everything you can do musically. He's done a Christmas album. He's done a covers album. He's done a lullaby album. He's done a solo acoustic live album. He's done a live album. Um, He's done this orchestrated album. And we're going to get to some of this, but I just want to throw that out there that he, he's done a a semi-blues album. He's done like a country-tinged album. You know, he's, he's tried, uh, many different things to to stay relevant and to stretch himself uh as a songwriter and as a performer and as a singer so you know he's not just um even though all those songs are have their you know their roots in pop music you know he's he's done tons of different stuff i just want to throw that out there yeah, he definitely, you know, especially for for a while there it was like you know, every album was um it was it was him but it was different. Yeah. You, know, you never got the same thing. I think the only time you really got the same thing twice is maybe from you know that's not necessarily a bad thing in this case, but from Working Class Dog to Success Hasn't Spoiled Me Yet with very similar uh, sure. styles. Yeah. But then from then on it kind of, you know, he, he tried to change it up from album to album. Agree. Uh my song that I chose from wait for night is jessica just because i thought it was interesting that he has a song called jesse's girl and then he has i think he might even say jesse in this song too i think he, he does yeah I think he jessica's does. referred to as jesse for half a second so here we go jessica
Okay, we got through the, the 70s Rick Springfield period, and it only took us 50 minutes. So great. <laughs> I told you, people, this is a, this is a deep dive. It's all-inclusive. We're not... Uh, not skipping anything. No, we're not skipping anything. I didn't have the words. You filled it in. Thank you, Dave. Uh, okay, here we go. He's He takes five years off from recording an album. And that's just because... Yes. He was kind of disenchanted with the music business because he's been trying and nothing's well, catching fire. Yeah, I mean, comic book heroes is a flop. Wait for night is basically a flop. Um, he gets the offer, you know, to, to do some acting stuff. That's where he signs that mm -hmm. deal with universal. Um, and he shows up on the incredible Hulk and wonder woman and the Rockford files. Yeah. Um, and all these episodes so, are in your uh, collection somewhere. You own all these episodes. <laughs> do you? Seriously, do you? I'm sure that I have some of them. Just say yes. No, honestly, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I've seen them all. I okay. do have some of them. He's also in Battlestar Galactica, the very first episode. He dies. I'm sorry, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, but he dies in like the first 20, 30 minutes of didn't Battlestar Galactica. Did he do a vampire show too in the eighties? He was on, it was called Nick Knight. Yes. And it was, um, it was the same premise. It was the same show as the show Forever Night, which mm -hmm. was a different, different actors, different you yeah. know, production later on. But yeah, he was, uh, he played a, a vampire cop in Nick Knight. And I do, I, I do have that on DVD. And he well, did, I mean, I, you know, I'd be happy to share that with you if you're interested. He did, uh, he did a movie with Meryl Streep just a few years ago, uh, Jonathan Demi film. What was that called? Yeah. Ricky in the Ricky in the flash. He was, um, he was one of the best things in that movie. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did that. He did really, really well on that. I think that the, the story there is that Jonathan Demi want, wanted somebody who could really, he wanted the band to mm -hmm. actually play. He yes. wanted the music that was in the film to be live. Um, so he needed someone who could actually play the guitar and act. So, um, yeah, that that was a that was a big deal. Yeah, he has a scene in like the kitchen of a of a bar with Meryl Streep. That's a great scene. He yes. I think he cries. It's good. And then he was also a couple years ago. He was on True Detective, with yeah, a lot unrecognizable, of unrecognizable, unrecognizable. Although you know we watched True Detective, and I didn't see his name pop up in the opening credits. I just wasn't paying attention. And then when he popped on screen, I just kept looking and looking. I'm like, who is that? I knew who that is. And then right. it took. You know, it took a little bit. And then I was like, oh my God, I think that's Rick Springfield. And then I, you know, pull out the phone and look it up as you can do now. And uh, yeah, that was pretty, uh, that was pretty scary. He looked scary. Yeah, it was freaky. And he, uh, he was in, you know, American Horror Story um, and an episode of that. I forget which one it was. Yeah, um, he doesn't shy away from doing, and look, he did this show. So he doesn't shy away from doing <laughs> anything. All right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and not your, you know, your typical, you know, not any, he'll take stranger, you know, roles. Too, yeah. Um, lately. So yeah. Cool. Try to break the stereotype down even at 70 years old, because he's still a fantastic looking gentleman at 70 years old. All right, here yeah, we go. He's a good looking dude. Take that Dave's brother, nameless, faceless brother, uh, working class dog, 1981. Uh, would you say this is his first album? That's a 10 out of 10. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think with the older one. I would agree with that statement. Yes. All right. What do you got for us? 
I have uh, what was the B side of Jesse's girl. It is Carry Me Away. Here we go. Well, I actually got a chill listening to that. Holy crap. So it's, good. It's great. Now, it's great. Now, sonically, we've, uh, we've, uh, we've taken off here because uh, most of the songs on the next uh, four albums are from the Rock Candy Records remastered and expanded editions. So, you know, the older albums are, are hard to find in any format now, but I think I bought all those digitally on iTunes. So, but you can see, I mean, sonically, that was crazy compared oh. to the other stuff we just listened to. Yes. And, and a fun, funny thing about, so that was the beat, like I said, that was the B side of Jesse's girl. So in my house growing up, you know, thankfully my parents put up with a lot of blaring music for a long time. I don't know if I ever, you know, it was very infrequent that I was ever told to turn my radio down. What they did not put up with was a lot of swearing in the music. Right. So there's a lot of swearing in the music. You could find your record disappear. Uh Oh, so, uh, as you heard in that clip, Mr. Springfield drops the word shit, which I think I had, I would, I pushed the needle down on the 45. <laughs> so you couldn't hear the word. It would just, you're like, you really got to uh, be listening for it though. It's kind of, I mean, I, I have headphones on right now and we heard well, it, but there was, a certain, there was a certain amount of paranoia okay. there. From an eight-year-old. <laughs> sure. Exactly. When you're eight years old. When you're eight old, years old. You just dropped 59 cents on the 45. You don't You don't want to get it taken away. I, uh, when I was in, I think, a junior or senior in high school, I never drank in high school. I really didn't drink until I was in college and of age. I just didn't. But at the prom, there was a, that we were with a foursome, you know, me and my date and then, uh, you know, another couple. And one of them brought a bottle of champagne and so peer pressure, I had, I don't know, a sip of champagne and I swear to God, I thought we we're going to be arrested. You know what I mean? This is what, like, you know, it's I'm, over. I, I, right. you know, I grew up in Mayberry, so I'm just like, oh my God, this is going to be the worst. I'm going to be in so much trouble. Uh, I chose the opening track on this album. And by the way, I did send the, uh, I sent the tweet cause it's 901 AM. I sent the tweet. So let's see, uh, if Rick joins us or if anyone joins us. Uh, I'm not, but you know, if, if, a, if a rock solid listener joins us, we might say hi and then I'm going to get him out of here. Cause this is about you. This is about your show today. And by the way, because Dave, here's the, you know, you, um, on new year's day every year, I put out, um, some hosting opportunities that you have to pay for. And I know that sounds weird, but then I always think, Hey, what if, uh, what if when Seinfeld was on or friends was on, they said, Hey, for 10 grand, 
you will get to be on the show and not just a walk on part. You'll, you'll like have a part in one of the episodes. I, right. People would have loved to do that. So, sure. so I think for a hundred bucks to, to pick the topic and do a whole two hour plus show. It would have cost me a lot more money to get somebody to listen to me talk about Rick Springfield <laughs> for this long a period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And then even though you're, even though you're my friend, I didn't, I didn't say, no, I don't want your hundred dollars. Cause I do, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, I'm I sorry, think this, Dave. I think this is worth it. Um, it's, it is to me I for think, sure. I think it is. So, so thank you for doing this. And then this is cool. You're welcome. All right, here we go. Uh, that's why I don't want some, uh, some, uh, some, uh, you know, someone sneaking in here and Somebody thinking they can steal right, your thunder. Strong arm in right. Way, Unless you're Rick Springfield, stay out of here. All right. Uh, this kicks off the album. Love is all right. And this is just so good. Perfect album opener. Look, I, I, Jesse's Girl is an amazing song, but there are right. songs that are way better on this album than Jesse's Girl, in my opinion. Yeah, and and that may very well be one of them. Yeah, that's, that's and it's such a great like what a great way to start off an album. Yep. Um, you know, you know exactly what you're in store yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. That song it, it sets the table for what's coming up, and yeah, that um, and written and written by you know that's the thing like everybody who always wanted to oh he's just an actor he's a soap opera guy like written by him that this whole album if I'm not mistaken is every song on it is written by yeah him. I think so too. Uh, and he gets signed with RCA records, which was a, a legit, you know, they had Hall and Oates and uh, I don't know who else they had at the time, but I mean, it's legit. It's a legit label. Everything's good. Uh, the album artwork's cool because he's not yeah, front and center. He's not front and center on the cover. No, he's on the, uh, the, the picture, um, picture in on, the dog's shirt pocket, on the dog shirt on, on, on his, the dog's name is Ron, uh, Ron shirt. Actually, it's funny. There's a certain amount of copies that got printed. RCA, um, when he had the success with um, General Hospital, they decided to flip the cover. So the picture of him on the um, on the back of that album got put to the front, and the dog got put on the back. Um, I'm not sure how many got printed that way. I have a couple of them. I'm sure you imagine. do. I uh, um, yeah. The 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 back cover photo is cool, but he's doing like a weird like like he's boxing or something. Well, yeah. What. While we're on that topic, I grabbed yeah. it. While that song was playing, I grabbed it. I thought you were going to pee. My, I thought you were going uh, to the bathroom. This is, this is one of my favorites. And I was going to have to uh, vamp. And <laughs> it ties into a couple of what we've been speaking with my brother. So on that trip, um, I had my old, I had the picture sleeve for Jesse's girl. Okay. Right. Because my brother got a hold of at some point and he drew a little mustache under Rick's nose under on, on the thing just to, you know, 
just because. I hate that so guy. So I brought that with me on the trip, and I had him sign it, and I will hold it up for the for those on Zoom. There um, you go. Oh, what's it say? It says. It says. What's your brother's right. name? Ed. Ed. So it, it says, says "Fuck you, Ed." Says, Love Rick Springfield. Love Rick Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> How is that yeah. not in a frame on the wall, dude? <laughs> well, it was. I, I took it off. The oh, you wall. took it off the wall. Oh my yeah, god. That's the best. <laughs> How many siblings yes. do you have? Just, just one. Just, just that. And what does he like that we can make fun of? Sports? No, no. He's much more in the hard uh, rock. You know, like ACDC. Well, I can't fault him for he that. He and I share. Uh, we're Prince fans, so we're both really big Prince fans. But uh, all right, there you go. You know, it was much more of a hard rock thing going on with him. All right, and he was the older brother. Oh yeah. Five, five years older. All so. right. There you go. Yeah, it's fun. My older brother, he's six years older than me. But not a music guy really at all. No, we definitely, he and I shared our love of music for sure. That's cool. Um, yeah. All right, moving on to what is, it's, this is the one I always say is my favorite Rick Springfield album. Success hasn't right. spoiled me yet. I love every song on this album. It doesn't mean that it's, better than working class dog you know i i don't think many people would say that it's just my personal favorite you know what right. i mean and uh the phrase i hate is when people say you're wrong like dave if you say my favorite song is uh, i don't know every breath you take by the police and then someone says you're wrong it's like no this is personal opinion that's his favorite right. song he can't be wrong sure. about that so um so anyway i love success hasn't spoiled me yet so what do you got for me my first song, or my only song, is uh, The American Girl. Although you did send me, your list included two songs. You had your first choice and then a backup, just in yes, case that's true. Just in case you so thought if I had the same song, then I'd go with your backup. But whenever I get right. someone's list, I use their, and then I just pick whatever else, even if it was the same. But here's American Girl. American girl She's got the passion in her eyes She's got the blush on her cheeks The American girl Now, this one is produced by Keith Olsen. The first album was produced, uh, not the first one, but Working Class Dog was produced by Rick Springfield and Bill Drescher and a couple tracks produced by Keith Olsen. Yeah, Jesse's Girl and um, I've Done Everything For You or Keith, Ol or Keith Olsen produced tracks. So this Because uh, I've Done Everything For You, I think was brought, he brought it to Pat Benatar first and Pat Benatar turned it down. So then he brought it to... Uh, to Rick Springfield. Well, good for Sammy Hagar and good for uh, Rick Springfield. And if Pat Benatar yeah. would have recorded it, maybe she'd be drinking some rum right now. <laughs> right. 
uh, um, Pat and Spider, Pat and Neil. Yeah, Pat and yeah. Neil. So I love the cover of Success Hasn't Spoiled Me Yet because it's kind of like a sequel cover because Ron the dog's on it. He's in the limo with two of his uh, female companions, some poodles, and Rick is just popping in the window as the chauffeur. It's a it's a really fun album cover. It's like, oh, this guy's not taking himself too seriously. Right. You know, what I'm it, I, I love the album cover. So. This, and Ron, I believe, uh, Ron has a Coke spoon around his neck. Oh boy! I didn't does. know that Ron was yes. on the was on the. <laughs> yes, Ron's got a little bit of a drug. Problem. The white powder. I wonder if he ever hung out with Mike Siegel. Rode the cocaine train. All right, my I, I like that album too. Um, uh, that's right. We haven't we didn't play your your track yet. So let's play yours. All right. This is how do you talk to girls? Nice. Saturday night with the boys Listening to the radio the Big, big, we crank it just to hear the noise Yeah, we talk about the girls, girls, girls And we talk, talk, talk all night A show sure, we're all Romeos and Casanovas But we can't seem to get it right Okay, first of all, I want to call foul on this song in regard to Rick Springfield, because there's no way he had any problem talking to girls at any point in his life. Certainly not at, at this point, for sure. Um, but it brings up a good point, though, which is lyrically, I mean, what, at this point, I'm, I'm about nine, so maybe it's still a little bit early. Yeah. You continue, I continue to listen to this stuff through my teen years. Like, lyrically, that's... Not only is it a great song, but it also is speaking to someone of that. It age is. It definitely is. Too. So, you know, that's part of the connection as well. I I like this album. I think it's a little. It feels a little rushed. Even mm -hmm. he has said that like RCA wanted to get him back in the studio right away. Yeah, this happens and a lot. Keith Olsen ran the show on it because he was acting. Um, a couple of there's a cover song on here. So yeah, I know you love Black Is Black. I do like that song. It just, yeah, it just kind of feels like they needed to throw a song. They they could have left it off though, because I think there's eleven tracks on here. I think there's thirteen. I mean, April the, the there's twelve. Yeah, there's twelve. So they could have left uh, oh, the okay. cover. They could have left the cover off, and there'd still be eleven tracks. Yeah, and you know, and just one kiss isn't isn't a song written by him either. Yeah, I do I like that song though. I do like it. It's okay. Um, you know. I gotta be honest, I, I never had any problem talking to girls. I actually feel more comfortable talking with girls sometimes than with guys. Mm. And anyone depends, I ever, anyone- Depends on the situation. What's that? Depends on the situation, right? In I don't think I had trouble talking conversationally, mm -hmm. but if everything anything ever became any way remotely, oh, what's the word, romantic, mm -hmm. that's, when, that's when I would start to falter. I have always dated uh, women that are way out of my league. <laughs> <laughs> I I landed one for life. Yeah, that, so. and I me too. But and I would all 
high school, college, all the time, then my friends would say, well, how the fuck did that happen? And I'd be like, what are you talking about? First of all, I had my best friend. In first college. of all, you're insulting me when you say that. You're insulting me. Right. Okay. And second of all, and you're insulting her yeah, for her taste. For tasting me. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, but yeah, I was like, I always thought, well, that's the girl that I like or I have my eye on because she's cute. Well, nothing's going to happen if I don't try. So I would always, uh, I would always just ingratiate myself to them or try to. I had and, a um, friend in college tell me in a Denny's very late at night that I had no chance with, with, uh, with Nancy. Your uh, wife. I proved him wrong. Yeah, yeah. And I hope that guy wasn't invited to your wedding. He was in the uh, wedding party. Jerks. I think you're surrounding yourself with jerks. I think I'm your best friend. <laughs> Definitely the nicest. Yeah, I'm seeing you a hell of a lot more, that's for sure. <laughs> so far, Rick Springfield not joining us on the Zoom. Um <laughs> The, uh, what was I going to, I was going to say something. Da, 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 da. I forget what it was. Okay. Probably something about me. Now I'm all into talking about me. All right. Let's move on with Rick Springfield talk. 1983 living in Oz. But definitely a, sh a shift in sound. Yeah. But, uh, but the sure. album cover is too, maybe too pretty boy on this album cover. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, though he's got a little scruff. But man, you well, just you just get you you get lost in those eyes, though. <laughs> it was a little bit of an image yeah. change. I don't, you know, you don't, you don't. How'd you like to walk into a barber and I know. be like, "Hey, I want my hair to look like this." Oh, did sure. you do that? I don't know. I might have. I know. I, I wanted. I wanted to. I, I did that with some did. John Waite uh, albums when he had like this short, punky hair. I've done that right. before, so I'm not. I'm not against it. Uh, I, I feel like with the title "Living in Oz." you could have done something a lot more creative with this album cover. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, he, but I do think it was part of this whole thing was supposed to be an image shift. Yeah. Right. Like that he was supposed to be a little, a little edgier. I would now I know Oz means Australia, but I would have dressed him as the scarecrow and I would have had Ron dressed as Not Dorothy, <laughs> as Dorothy. That's what I would have done. <laughs> that would have been, rainbow. yeah, that oh. would, I, that's what I would have done. Okay. What's your first track on this? My first track, this is a or your uh, only personal, track. it's a person, you're right, I keep saying that. Um, it's a personal favorite of mine, uh, me and Johnny. Okay, here we go. Look in the mirror, watch your faces change. We were going to be the Carthay clones. We skipped school to see the Rolling Stones. And sang this song on the train on our way. Now this one's so, go ahead again, like, um, 
I had a, uh, I still have a very a dear friend who I was, you know, he and I were inseparable in, in high school and we were in a band, we were in bands together. So like, again, lyrically, that song meant a lot to me. Yeah. Not only did I like the music, but I could relate to it, the song itself. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant by personal favorite. Was his friend, was his name Johnny? It was, it was Joe, actually. So close, yeah, so. close enough. Did you ever sing this in the car and sing and sing his name instead of Johnny? You can be honest. Did you ever sing me and Joey? Uh, I never called him Joey, so probably not. All right. Now, for me, this album, it's got 10 tracks. This is an 8 out of 10 for me because there are, there are two songs I don't really like that much. Maybe three. Me, can I guess? Yeah, tell me what I, you don't think I like. I'm going to guess you're not a like father, like son fan. No, no, no. That's fine. I do like that. Oh, okay. It's only when he won't, it's only when he won't let that go. What do you mean? Well, he's, he's, he had a very special relationship with his dad. Right. And it still conjures up sadness and, and you know, with him to this day. And I'm not saying, I'm not. Isn't that, isn't that what you made him cry about? No, when we talked about St. Sahara. Oh, oh, oh okay. Well, which yeah, made me, it. I was crying too. Two idiots yeah. crying on stage. Um, no, the songs I'm not really, like Motel Eyes, I'm not down with that too much. Tiger by the Tail? I'm not down with Tiger by the Tail. And then I Can't Stop Hurting You. I'm not really down with that one too much either. But, great uh, guitar solo in that song though. Yeah, but the, but, but the, first, uh, the first five are just killer. The side one is a killer. Yeah. Human Touch, Allison, Affair of the Heart, Living in Oz, and Me and Johnny. That's just a, that's a great side. And then when I flipped it over, uh, you know, and listened to side two, I was lukewarm on side two. Yeah. Even though Souls is a was a single, but I picked uh, I picked Allison because I felt at the time that it was. Well, I love the song, but I also felt that it was kind of like a, for Rick Springfield, like a dangerous uh, lyrically, if that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, about it's based a, on an, ex- an actual experience of his that he had yeah. with, a, I think, an actress in, in Australia. Yeah. I think. So yeah. here we go. Allison. Play. <laughs> Play. You talk about life, irritating art. I was sure that I heard the director yell Take it from the start And I could feel my body crushing yours Camera dollied into place Your husband's in the front row I couldn't look him in the face you go that's allison so uh what about those songs that i didn't care for how are you with those songs um i mean i wouldn't say that they're my favorites but mm-hmm. I, there there isn't a i like everything on this album are uh, you I hear, I hear what i hear what you're saying mm-hmm. um 
they're not necessarily as hook driven as some of the other songs are. Um, but I, I do, I do like those. I mean, I like, especially with Allison for sure. It definitely has a little bit more, it's a little edgier. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I think was the, was the, um, was the goal was to try and, you know, and yet the album cover doesn't convey that it's going to be edgier. Yeah. That's the, it's true. Do they call that a juxtaposition? Is that a juxtaposition? Is that what they call that? It's a, it might be. I like to use words incorrectly. It's a, well, that was the constant struggle, right? I'm sure the record company is going, no, 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 no. Right. Your face. We have to capitalize on your face. That face. Look at that gorgeous face. Uh, but we want to change my image. No, no, we need to put your face on the cover. <laughs> um, I think he's no fool. I mean, I'm sure he knows that. Why would you not cater to that audience too? You want you want to sell records, so you don't right. completely alienate all the women that are out there who right. are in love with how he looks. It's it's a fine line to to get a male audience. You know what I mean, and a female audience. Yes, yeah, it's he, very tricky. That, that um. That was definitely a, that album is an attempt to try and get a little bit more credibility. Yeah. Actually, there's a an unreleased track that's called Lio, um, where he talks about how that that album was a disappointment because it didn't 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 do what they what he intended for it to do. Yeah, that must be and that must be difficult. Yeah, I'm you know, I'm sure the credibility thing you know bob bothers him i did ask him though when he was doing a, a book tour um and they were taking questions from the audience i asked him if looking back on it would he have done something differently as far as you know yeah general hospital basically and he answered me and i've had heard him say it since then that he wouldn't change a thing you know that general hospital did wonders for his career and you know he wouldn't he wouldn't change it i i think it really damaged his credibility for sure. When you're at one, took him seriously. When you're at one of these events and you get to ask a question and Rick Springfield looks up, does he do this? Does he say, yes, Dave, go ahead. No, that is not, that is not the the response. I, I, and I would tell you that I don't, he probably does not know my name. That's what he certainly wreck. I mean, listen, man, there's only a certain amount of dudes. Right. That's true. That's true. Who are, into it yeah there's a lot of guys there who are with their wives or their girlfriends whatever and they're not necessarily stone-faced and bored Mm -hmm. because it's a great show but they're not also singing you know they're not singing along to the music either so yeah i think there's certainly is some record i mean i got up on stage with the man and sang a song so i think there's some recognition there should be that's like i've met cheap trick so many times and, and my wife pilar will say when you meet them now, do they know who you are? I go, no, they have no, they don't know who I am. She's like, but you've met them so many times. I go, yeah, but they meet hundreds, yeah. thousands of people every, all week it's, now. And, and and the times that I have actually spoken to him for, you know, however many minutes or mm-hmm. whatever, um, I don't completely freeze up. Right. But I have never, there's never been, you know, like a, I would say comfortable because yeah. I'm just like, you know, it's a, it's just, a, it's a, it's a weird, it is weird. Now, yeah. when, when I've, when I've had guests, uh, you know, celebrity guests, I'll call them on my show uh, in person, one-on-one uh, whenever I've run into any of those people after that, there has been a recognition sure. because I've spent 
you know, an yeah, hour to 90 hours, minutes face to face. One of the coolest ones was Siegel and I went to a, a screening of this Terry Kath documentary and Steve Lukather was in the lobby with, uh, with uh, Steve Picaro and he turns and he, he locked eyes with me and he went, Hey man, you know, and he just, and he said hi to me. And then he introduced me. He goes, this is my friend, Steve. And I'm like, yeah, Steve Picaro from Toto. That's who you're introducing <laughs> yeah, me to. Right. I know who he is, but, uh, but yeah, that kind of stuff is kind of neat. I like that. And I've run, I've run into Lisa Loeb many times since she's been on the show and, uh, always have a nice, like a real chat with them, which is cool. Sure. I feel right. like you're, you're due to have a real chat with Rick. I would love that's, you know, like. Listen, I've maybe very, we will on the fortunate. Zoom. Uh, yeah, I, I've been very fortunate and, you know, be able to, to you never not only did I get to meet my childhood idol, but like it was a great experience. You hear horror stories, you know, don't ever meet your idols, that sort of thing. Right. Um, he's always been great with me. Yeah. Um, but no, I've never I would love to just kind of sit down, open up a bottle of Sammy's rum and, uh, you know, just have a a conversation for you know a little while yeah that'd be cool maybe maybe that'll be a maybe that's a tier that you can pay for on the next cruise rick rick no, rick, rick it's called rick becomes your friend i wish i wish i have it somewhere i i actually i had to draw up a contract on the last one where it basically said that unless we found ourselves independently wealthy uh there would never be any more no more trips. That was it. That was the last one. All right. You can't even go by yourself? No. All right. No, and that would just be sad. Maybe if I didn't bring somebody with me. Maybe some Christmas. Maybe that's in your stocking. Your wife bends and I says, think yeah. I it would be like, don't come back at that point. <laughs> I love you. This is my last gift to you. Don't ever return. Maybe she gives you a hall pass and you can hook up with this Allison. <laughs> All right. We're moving on to... Uh, it's not a complete Rick Springfield album. It's the soundtrack from the movie Hard to Hold, which he describes as hard to watch. Yes, he does. Do you own and this? He's not wrong. This is coming out on Blu-ray, or it just recently was re-released. Did you oh, purchase it? Oh, yeah, that's right. It was, no, I, I have it on DVD. I don't I don't need to see it. Some things are not meant for high definition. All right. I I've, I've maybe watched this movie when it was on cable once. I don't remember it at all. I remember him running around with a, with a towel on. He locked out of his... Locked out of his. Uh, you know, he passed up uh, being in the right stuff. As as who? I'm not sure what the character was because he didn't he want to cut his hair. Role, he was offered a role in the right stuff, and then they threw hard to hold in front of him, and he was like, "Hey, I'll be the star in this." Oh, Rick. And, oh well. Yeah. So this has, I think, there's uh ten songs on this soundtrack. I think six or seven are Rick's, something yeah, like the, that. Uh, you know, there's a couple, there's a song by Nona Hendricks and I Go Swimming by Peter Gabriel's on there. And there's but a Graham Parker song too, I think. Someone's calling. All Maybe right. it's Rick. Is it Springfield? No one's coming into Maybe. the Zoom, which is, which is a blessing and a curse. Let me make sure I'm, I can see the whole window. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what song do you have from Hard to Hold? My first, uh, I keep saying my first song. Uh, my song is Don't Walk Away. Here we go. What you're doing, you don't want to put the hurt on someone You've been trying to convince yourself You're better off if you just turn away But I'm gonna hold on tight I've got a feeling You'll only happen once to me 
it's very hard to find this album in a physical format. I do not own it on CD. If you look on eBay and stuff, I think it's way expensive. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. It wasn't one of the rock candy. No, it was not. Probably because those other artists are on there. They probably yeah. can't get the and rights. I don't think they did the Japanese mini LP thing with no. it either. Yeah, so it's a it's it's a weird one to find. Um, my song from Hard to Hold is my favorite Rick Springfield song of Push Came to Shove. And I think, I mean, this is just my opinion. I think this is his best song. I mean, I love everything about this song. I can't get enough of this song. And it's always in the set list, I believe. Oh, yeah. It's always a crowd pleaser. And this is Love Somebody. I love the drums. Yep. I, I love the lyric, you're undernourished and overfed. I mean, it's just uh, it's just the sweet spot for me and, and Rick Springfield. This is, uh, I love that song. Yeah, it's, uh, it, is a, it's a, it is a really solid song. And mm-hmm. for me, that song got him back on, um, there were two rock stations in Philadelphia, WMMR and WISP. And they, that got him back on WMMR. I can remember them playing that song. Yeah. And of course, making some snide comment about him, but you know, they were playing it. Uh, Cause it's just, it really, that really is a great one. It really is. So we're moving into 1985. This is the most productive period in Rick Springfield's life from 1981 through 1985. I mean, uh, a, a movie, albums and tours every year he's just uh he's killing it now when this album came out i did not know how to pronounce the name of this album i had never seen that word before in my small town life so i believe i called this album teo <laughs> well and then i would call it tau but it's actually dow yes with the d sound Yes. So I mean, I was I was off the mark on this big time. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, album cover wise, I do like this album cover. And yes. I, I well, actually, it's a, and it, but again, it's a major shift, mm-hmm. right? There's a, you know, he, he said in, in interviews that he was listening to a lot of like English. Um, I don't know if it was like new wave pop or mm-hmm. stuff, and and uh, but this is a, a major shift in sound that I don't know if. You know this this album kind of started the the sales decline, yeah. Un, unfortunately, but I think it's very it's, it's you know, I think it was pretty ambitious, yeah. Especially given the fact that if you've got a great formula and you worked it, probably the best you ever had with a song like "Love Somebody." Yes, why to make that change? Yeah, you got to. Yeah, it is risky. Um, sometimes when I get a, a vinyl album autographed, it might not be my favorite one, but I'll, I'll go with one which I think will be a good one to get signed. And since there's a lot of area in here, I have this one signed. It's hanging on the wall. 
he did an in-store when his album Karma came out in 1999, and I had a couple final albums with me, but they, uh, but they would only let you get one thing signed. So I gave this one to the girl behind me because she didn't have anything. She was with a friend. And I said, would you mind getting this signed for me? And she said, no. And I said, uh, if you ask your name, just say Pat because, <laughs> That's good you know, uh, right. I didn't know at the time the term gender fluid, but I just said, yes. Yeah, so I actually have this sign and it says to Pat love Rick Springfield because he <laughs> thought he was, because he saw, thought he was signing it for a, for a cute right. girl. So there you have it. All right. What's your only song from, My only from the song. Teo album? Uh, it is, it is maybe it's top five, this song, um, for me, it is written in rock. I agree with you. I 100% agree with this song. It's great. watching the video and maybe Dave too. Dave, every time I look over that way, it's just to make sure that we're still recording because that's, uh, I can never not look over there. I, I always have to check it out because, um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I have to. Now, your your second choice for this album was Walk Like a Man. And yes. since Written in Rock would have been my first choice and Walk Like a Man would have been my second choice also. <laughs> I, I love both of these songs. So let's hear Dave's second choice and my only choice, Walk Like a Man. I just wanna 
I'm going to read the uh, back liner notes of this re-release. This is a uh, way to hear. Look at this flowery language. Packing a lean and mean punch, Dow, originally released in 1985, remains a firm favorite amongst longtime fans, displaying clean lines, cutting-edge production chops, intensely personal lyrics, and a thirst for the future. All qualities that assisted Rick to stay at the sharp end whilst still offering up singles like State of the Heart, Celebrate Youth, and the album-defining cut, My Father's Chair. Yeah, I, I, you know... That's the way to say, this album isn't great, (laughs) but there's these songs... Well, is that is that how you feel about this one? Um, as a whole, dance this world away. I'm just okay with. I never really liked celebrate youth. I love okay. state of the heart. I love written in rock. I love the power of love. Walking on the edge doesn't really do it for me. Walk like a man. I love. Dow of heaven. I can't even recall it. Stranger in the house. Not ringing a bell. And, and I like my father's chair, but yeah, this one, I mean, this was one that would, I would literally only really play four songs off of this. And those would be state of the heart written in rock, uh, the power of love and walk like a man. Those were like, those are like my go-tos on this album. It's not one of my songs like written in rock and walk like a man. And this one, I, this is what I mean when I say, you know, the whole, the whole general hospital thing took away credibility. Mm -hmm. Like, General Hospital never happened. Yeah. I can't imagine rock radio programmers hearing those two songs and not going, well, let's, you know, let's play, let's play those. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's work these songs until they become hits. Right. Um, but yeah. I, you know, because they're not really, neither one of those tracks I would consider, I wouldn't consider them pop songs, mm-hmm. right? I wouldn't necessarily expect them to chart, um, you know, top on, on top 40 radio, but I could hear them on a rock station and, you know, they didn't, they didn't play this stuff. So at least not in the city I was listening to. So. And how did you, you, how do you feel about, I mean, this compared to living in Oz, which one do you like better? I, when I was younger, I would have, there was a time when I would have told you living in Oz was my favorite album. Mm -hmm. As I've gotten older, um, I like, I probably liked Al better. Um, that's a hot take from Dave Festini, (laughs) New Jersey's own Dave Festini. Um, I, you know, I don't, there's not a song on that album and on that I, that I don't, I'm trying to think if there's anything on there, eh, Town of heaven. Yeah. But, uh, as a whole, I, I like it a lot. Now, speaking in New Jersey, I missed one here in the playlist. Uh, 1984, an album, beautiful feelings comes out. Yes. What, what is this? Is this like an unreleased album? Is it like demos? What is it? Cause I don't own this one. I only own the I, one song that we're going to play. I think what happened here is that he made a break. Um, he made a break from the production or management company that he was using, I think, up until Living in Oz. Um, and they had these, I don't know if they were demos, because later on, like, I don't know how many years ago, but they they released the early Sound City sessions, which were the actual tracks that this album is based off of. So, that production company decided to take the vocals from those sessions and then bring in all new musicians to make the music and put this album out without okay. Rick's involvement. All right. And then this song gets released. It's, it's kind of a novelty song, right? 
So we can just check another box for Rick Springfield. He's also done a novelty song. <laughs> this is about his struggle with people getting him and Bruce Springsteen confused, but only because of the name spring, right. only because of the word spring. Pretty much. Even, yeah. even when I told my mom that Rick Springfield was going to be on my show, <laughs> she thought it was Bruce Springsteen. I had a pin, right? I had like one of those metal pins that mm -hmm. said Rick's or it said Rick Springsfield on it. They had an extra S in the middle. <laughs> um, so stupid. Yeah. He, uh, he, apparently, he, I think he used to do this song in concert though. He in, uh, right around the time that working class dogs started to take off. He actually played a club, a small theater show that was like five minutes away from my house, but I was eight years old. So my parents weren't having it. They no. were you know, not going to that. Um, and I think a, a, a review in the newspaper that I saw after the show said that he, he did this song that night. Well, this is a fun song. It's a throwaway, but it's fun. This is Bruce. And as he pulled a piece of paper for me to sign from his vest, he said, I thought Bone to Run was one of your best. Oh, wait a minute, man. Who do you think I am? He answered, Mr. Springsteen, you're a famous man. He called me Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. Bruce, Bruce. I can hear him calling Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. Bruce, Bruce. He called me Bruce, 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 Bruce. I can hear him. My name is Richard, gonna hit you to your back. See, now that's the sound, that's the original version of that song. Okay. The sound City version. So that's not the one that charted in 84. That one sounds very different. Huh. I, that's the only one I have. So feel free to dump some stuff on me. <laughs> Send me some stuff. Um, you know, what's funny is Rick Springfield and Bruce Springsteen are the same age. Really? Exactly yeah. the same age? I think so. Yeah. I did not know that. What, what's weird too is like, you know, Mick Jagger's 77, Rick Springfield's 70, but I don't even think of them as being in the same decade bracket age-wise. Right. You know what I mean? Because when Rick Springfield came along, the Stones had already been here for so long that you I just never think of uh, of them you know, that way. You know what I mean? I never think well, of Rick also, as being 70. When he hit, you know, the height of his popularity, you know, a lot of people didn't even know about the stuff that he recorded prior to Jesse's Girl. Exactly. So you're looking at this guy and you're thinking, you know, he's in his 20s when in reality he's in his 30s. He's, he was he was much older than your typical pop star when they first. For sure. For sure. He was for a while. So that's part of it, too. All right. We're going to jump ahead for Rick Springfield. It's three years between proper albums. 1988, we get Rock of Life produced by Keith Olsen and Rick Springfield. So Keith Olsen's back. Dave, what album do you like better? Do you like Rock of Life or Dow better? Hmm. That's a tough one. Really? Yeah, I like I like Dow. Um, but I really like Rock of Life too. You know, again, it's a, just another kind of progression in sound. Yeah. Um I think Rock of Life wins by a hair. All right. All right. It well, it, it definitely wins. By a, by a, I don't know, by a goatee. 
than for me. I got my hands on this. Um, I had a, there was a local record store that I used to go to, like you know, once twice a week. I'd ride my bike in there, and you know, buy used CDs and stuff. And uh, the guy who worked there had a had a a pre-release copy of Rock of Life on cassette. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was nice enough to give it to me, so I had that one early. Nice, yeah. Here, here, here's my here's my CD signed, and I also have the album signed, but that's framed and hanging on my wall. But because I I like this album cover a ton. Yeah, it's cool. I, I like how they uh, took the R and the I in Spring, and then added the CK for uh, for Rick. I just I I think a lot of thought was put into this packaging too. So what's your uh, what's your first? Er, there we go again. What's your song? What is your song? <laughs> My song is uh, Tear It All Down. So good. I love yeah. this one so much. All of the treasures we own. God bless the house, the car, and the TV. They built us a prison without any locks. stop it uh yeah lyrically he's killing it on this album yes i mean so so great and i'm just looking at the credits uh there's only one co-write on this it's dream in color and then there's uh the cover there's a cover if you think you're groovy the small faces yeah but everything else is just rick by himself and it's such a great album and the song I picked on this one, and I, I've played Honeymoon in Beirut many times. I love that song, but I picked out, uh, I picked, oh my God, I can't even talk. I picked, <laughs> guess what I picked? I, <laughs> I picked a song called, hey, look, I'm not editing that, this out. This is why, why? this is why like, I think uh, we endear this part. See, look at me. I can't, I'm in, a, I'm in a loop now. I can't get out of it. That's what's endearing about this podcast. I'm not editing out a bunch of the mistakes. It's raw. Just like everyone else. I want you to feel like you're sitting on the couch in this room and just uh, watching the show. All right. right. Worlds start turning. I pooped it. I was born in a southern land. You a million miles from America. And whatever we wanted was just a matter of choosing. Raised in a great white way Just like all those kids in America And the TV told us to win With no thought of losing Then I woke up Took a miracle to open up 
Yeah, I didn't want to stop that song either. It's great. It, it, it really is. You know what? I'm, I'm starting to think it, this one wins by more than a hair now that I've, I've been hearing these two songs. This was the album where, see, I hadn't, there, I mentioned that show that was, you know, when I was eight, mm-hmm. or nine or whatever. Right. And then, you know, all the times that he played Philadelphia after that, I was still kind of young. Nobody, nobody really wanted to go with me. I missed all those shows in yeah. the heyday. And then for this album, he was doing a show at a place called the Man Music Center. And I convinced my brother, I was like, listen, dude, if I, if I pay for your ticket, Oh my God, you want to take Ed to this thing? He was my ride. So I'm like, I'll pay for your ticket. I'll endure your verbal beatings. I'm sure during the entire show, will you take me? And he agreed. And then the show gets canceled because he breaks his collar. Rick breaks his collarbone in an ATV accident. So (sighs) I missed him again. I still haven't seen him live to this point. All right. All right. What age did you first get to see him? Uh, I didn't see him live until like 98, 98. I wonder when I forget when I saw him live, it was, it might've been after that, definitely into my adult years. I never saw him, you know, in the heyday or anything like that. I've seen way more concerts since I moved to the Los Angeles area than I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, we are moving on to, okay. 10 years. There's 11 years. Yes. Go from 1988 to 1999. I forget when I asked him in, in the interview, what was going on during that period? I forget what he said. Uh, can you thumbnail it for us? Just to, um, I think it was the, the birth of his first son. Okay. I think so. He took kind of time. He was kind of burnt out. And I think he just took time off to spend time with his family. Mm-hmm. And I think he's also, this is the point in time where he said he really experienced a lot of writer's block. Um, so yeah, this is a very long drought for me as far as music is concerned. Did he do the Vegas show at this point? Was he doing that? No, the Vegas show was after Karma. What he was doing, he did that the show High Tide, which was like a Baywatch. Oh, okay. Knockoff. Yeah. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. When you when you can take eleven years off from your career, you made some money. Yeah. You banked some money. Well, You're fine. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. So Karma comes out. It's on a kind of an independent label for sure. Uh, the picture of Rick on the back, his hair. Sh- the shortest I've ever seen it, it. I think it is short. Yeah. And, yeah, and um, this, and this album cover does not have him on it. It's no, but it's, uh, but it's got a dog on it. Yeah. That's Gomer. That's Gomer. So he, he's, uh, he's letting people know I'm back with the dog with a new dog. And, uh, what's your one song, Dave one, my one song from karma is the song karma title track is what we call it. I just retweeted, uh, the link. And I said, uh, something like, come on, Rick. <laughs> and then I also got an, what are you e- doing? I also got an email that said that our link is in danger because zoom sends that to you. If you oh, publicly put a link out there, but we don't care. Ah, we're in danger. We don't care. Your zoom meeting is in danger. Unless I 
This album's 22 years old now. It's, it's yeah, it's crazy. He was just 50 or maybe 49 when this came out. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine after the after the drought. Um, yes, you know this. I was ecstatic that this song came out, or that this album came out. And it's a pretty good album. I don't like every track, but there's definitely like five tracks that I just love on this album. Yeah, there are some really strong. Uh, songs on this album for sure and i and i hear you some you know again it's a little bit i don't know if the experimental is the word yeah. but it's not it definitely varies in in uh, the types of songs you know that are on it but yeah. for me after the, being away for so long it was a great return to form that's also autographed because i went to that aforementioned uh, signing um, cd also signed yeah there you go. Cause we're cool. Fuck off, Ed. Um, <laughs> all right, we're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, it's always something. I love this song. Is this the track that you know? It's the second song on the album, but this is. It's always something. I love it. Autobiographical. Look around me and I see what I want and what I settled for. I got the heart of a jeweler, but the soul of a gigolo. Snatching defeat from the jaws of victory Anytime I stop to smell the roses They drew blood from me Do you know what I mean? You never ever get away clean Oh, but it's alright Yeah Touchdown, turn around, flag There's a song on this album I have a very hard time listening to now, and it was one of my favorites, but uh, Beautiful Prize yeah. is about uh, child sexual abuse. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it's about someone he met in therapy. Yeah, and um, I had listened to this song for years and years and years, and then one day on the treadmill, this one came up in my treadmill playlist, and the lyrics just hit me in that moment. I'm like, oh, whoa, oh, you know, and I listened to it for all these years and didn't, didn't pick up on that. It was, uh, and now it's hard to listen to and I still do like the song, but because, well, you know, it's, it's like an, it's an up-tempo pop song. Yes. It's a song that you want to sing along to. Right. And as you're singing, you're like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. that's not, it's a song. Like you want to, you want to turn to your kid and go, Oh, this is a great song. And but then you can't. Right. I think it was supposed to be the single off of that album. Yeah. And it's, they, um, and they, they pulled, they, they changed it. Yeah. It's, tricky. it's very catchy, but the, it is the content. Yeah. It, it, uh, it's, it's rough. When's that? Uh, when? All, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, it's it's always something is a song that I actually sang with him because uh, originally I was supposed to be Love Somebody and that night he wasn't doing Love Somebody so his assistant comes up to me and go and hands me a piece of paper and says here's the set list pick your song and nice. I was like you gotta be kidding right like it's not great enough that I'm gonna get to sing with him that I get to pick from his set list which one I'm gonna sing 
and I that you know again that's kind of a personal favorite of mine. It's also a favorite of uh, two fans that I I got to know, became very friendly with um, over the years. Who sadly we lost uh, lost Penny to to COVID recently, um, but it was their favorite song too, um, Penny and her sister Nancy. So I I I sang that one because it's a it's a that's a favorite of mine too. Well, I can't let that go by without saying I'm sorry uh, for the loss of your friend. Yeah, it was uh that that was a tough one. She was uh she was just a it was a great person, you know. This this virus does not discriminate by any means. Um so it was, a, it was that was sad news, but uh they they got a kick out of the fact that I sang, you know, telling people one of their favorite songs. Telling people that you're sorry when they lose someone just never seems like enough. It always feels no. awkward, but I don't know. I mean, Whenever anyone posts on Facebook that they've lost someone or lost a pet, I just, I click like the sad emoji and then I just put a heart as my comment because I'm like, I don't know what to say. It's so yeah, difficult. Did you, you feel like there's nothing you can put into words? There, um, I know. Especially in a situation where, you know, she was young and, and didn't, it's just, you know, nobody, she just didn't deserve to have her life taken so early right. you know she was she was great or if someone has a family member or friend that's that's sick i mean it's a helpless feeling because your words may be comforting but you know in the end it's you're not able to do anything it's very yeah. difficult well they lost their mother just a few days later two days later after that um yeah so you know it was just an, just an awful situation it is awful but they were huge they were huge rick springfield fans and she knew them she would bring their their dogs to see him all the time you know before shows and and uh really really glad that i i got to know them over the years um and see then we now we got to pivot and jump back into music and having a good time after uh right. after it's, uh it's a hard transition yeah it's a hard transition but we're gonna do it when did the uh saint sahara super group uh thing come out with rick and Bob Marlott and Tim Pierce. We're not covering oh, not, that. You mean uh, Sahara Snow? Sahara Snow. Sorry. That that was before Karma. That was before Karma. Um, but we're we're not talking about that. But I don't really like it that much. I, I don't love that. I don't love that album either. Yeah. It's a little disjointed. The song that I love on that album is Lust, mm -hmm. which um, and, which and just in felt, general, it, it just <laughs> it felt like uh, that was a kind of a Rick demo or throwaway or you know that he, he he gave to that project and sure enough it shows up as a demo on i think the special edition of uh songs for the end of the world all right um but yeah as a whole it was just kind of that was kind of a weird all right we're, was odd. we're moving on it's it's five years between albums now shock denial anger acceptance really? there's that many years between karma and shock 99 to 2004 wow yeah i didn't realize it was that long this seems like Rick really wanting to flex some rock cred on this one. Like really, I don't want to say trying too hard, but definitely trying. Yeah. This is, if, if you want to, you know, you talk about living in Oz, having a, you know, wanting to have a, a, a an edge to it. This one for sure is very kind of angry. Yeah. It's way. very angry. Yeah. So what do you got for us? Uh, my song from this. And again, this is a, I was lucky enough to see this in concert a number of times. Uh, it's wasted. All right. And it's not the Def Leppard one that uh, Alexi Lawless hates. Right. 
skin so white Her emails read just like a porno site She wears a tank top way too tight Yeah, she knows it If she could lose a Polaroid from that weekend If she quit trying to make every boy her Pictures of Rick uh, in the booklet. He looks. He looks kind of um, not in great shape. I mean, physically I in great shape, but his eyes are glassy and some. It's just. Um, I think he would tell you this was a rough time. For yeah, him. he the, was. You know, this was around the time of the the uh, infidelity, and his marriage was a little rocky, shaky, shaky yeah. ground. So. But it's I do like. It's, it's an angry album. It's got seventeen songs, which there's. I got red flags all it's over a, that. It's a lot. It's a lot of tracks. And sure. I don't I don't even know if I strip this down to 10 if I like the 10. I don't like a lot of it, songs on this. It took a while for it to grow on me. Um and I agree with you. Some of the stuff I mean, listen, I'll take a Rick Springfield track under any circumstances, yeah. but yeah, I I Me too. Some... With artists I like, I'll take anything they want to give me. And exactly. then and then I'll decide what I like and what I don't. Uh, and I do like, you know, I like maybe five or six songs on this, but this one, I didn't live with this one for too long because initially it just didn't do anything for me. I was just like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't know if I like this, but I do like the song, Will I? So here yes. we go. So I lied and said that I'm okay. Cause that's the way you are and the I wish you were And what you want And what you say you want Are both different stories I was standing here Waiting my hands and knees Shaking for the one I thought was you And you gave it away Like it was nothing at all Tell me Will I ever sleep again Will I get caught up when you're listening to the music you know like i don't want to yeah. stop the song but this I, album too has one of my favorite lyrics um by him it's in the the song angels of the disappeared yeah it's a great song um, where he says i think it's every night the alarm is set so you can remember what you can't forget see he's you good know, he's a good lyricist uh i yeah. do want to i do want to give a shout out to between the two studio albums he did release the greatest hits a live album it's a live album and i think it's a great live album i really do what do you think dave dave's oh no oh no i i it's good um but even i think if you read the liner notes to that album he mentions about how 
some of the vocals have been replaced because he has a habit of walking away from the microphone. Okay. I think a lot of the vocals on that album have been replaced. Oh. I, he's a, he has been known to be a perfectionist. And I think that maybe that album's not quite as live as you'd like it to be. Well, few live albums are truly live, but I, I, my favorite live albums are the ones that I feel are legit live. Like I, I love when it's just one show. Like this is, this was right. recorded at this place on CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This night, not we recorded over four nights and took the cobbled together things. Right, right, right. That's just me. Um, yeah, I mean, and they have such a great, he's, you know, the musicians in his band are so great and they have such an incredible live show that I think they could do that. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. could do one show, you know, warts and all, whatever, not that there are a ton, but like, um, but yeah, I think there was some, there was a lot of fixing, but what's great about that album is that it, it, it in the old, on the older stuff. Cause I know he's also said that with loves, love somebody in particular, he feels that the studio version of that song isn't necessarily as kind of as as rough or as or loud as he'd like it to be, mm -hmm. and it gives a lot of energy to those to those older tracks. Gotcha. In a live setting. All right, we're moving on to. I, I don't think "Shock, Denial, Anger, and Acceptance" did that well when it was released. No, and and I think he was. I, I think they were still going for mainstream popularity right. with that song like he were he did will i on the ryan seacrest show there I you think, go. or something um and i think it's he said that he was disappointed that you know there wasn't chart success for that album but right. at that point you know radio was a was all had already kind of become a joke <laughs> exactly ignoring new material from artists from the 80s anyway so it makes sense that the following year he would decide to just do an all covers album yes i mean why not so, and it's got a, it's got a great track listing. They're not the normal covers. I mean, I don't think they are. What True. do you think? Um, I am firmly in the school of belief that if you're going to do a cover, you have to do it your way. You have to bring something to it. Yeah. And he had a pattern, you know, a perfect example, two examples are, uh, if you think you're groovy from rock of life, which right. is nothing like, um, the original version of that song. And then on shock, um, I'll make you happy is a cover of an easy beat song. Like okay. he always, he's done covers over his career yeah. and he always, I I know this is cliche, but made them his. Um, and I felt like this album was way that these tracks were way too straightforward. Uh, yeah. You know, just, they're just like the originals. And I, and I was hoping for an album of songs that would bring, you know, Rick's touch to, to the track. So I, if I'm being honest, I was disappointed with this album. Okay. But the song you picked, it's a Todd Rundgren song and uh, no, that's not, wait, no, no, no. Sorry. 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 No, you're right. You did pick that one. Yeah. Love is the answer. It was love actually a bonus track on the, um, on the limited edition version of this this album. Yes, it ended up in my playlist for some reason. I don't know why. Weird. Okay. Anyway, Love is the Answer. It's a Todd Rugner's song, also uh, successful by England Dan and John 
Ford Coley, although you right. you like to deny their success and their six great hits. But let's give uh, let's give. And I've always loved this song. I, I think this has probably been covered by other people too. So here's Rick with "Love Is the Answer." Name your price, a ticket to paradise. I can't stay here anymore, and I'm up high and low, up and from shore to shore to shore. If there's a shortcut, I'd have found it, but there's no easy way around it. Light up the world, shine on me. Love is the answer. Shine on us all, set us free. Love is the answer. Who knows why? I uh, I just retweeted to Rick and I said, "Damn it, Rick, where are you?" And then I just put <laughs> dot 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 surfing. I don't know if he surfs. He lives near the beach, though. Um, that the album, uh, the covers album is called "The Day After Yesterday." Yes. And now I don't know if I picked one off of this album. Let well, me see. To get back to "Love Is the Answer," you you said it's been covered by uh, by so many people, in, in, including your 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 favorite England Dan and John Ford Coley. So good. I Those guys are so awesome. The um, the versions I've heard. Like they don't have horns, right? I, I listened to the Utopia version this morning. I yeah. listened to the England and they don't, there's, there's no horn arrangement in them. So that's what I'm talking about. Like with this one, he added that stuff. To yeah. It. And to me, it's the, it is by far the best track on that album, which is obviously the reason why I chose it. Um, but it, it did what I was hoping he would do to the others, which was bring something different to it. Right. All right. What did you choose from this? I didn't pick one. I just, I used yours also. Oh, okay. I, I just didn't pick one for some reason. I don't know why. All right. So moving on, it brings us to, what's the year, Dave? I have to look it up here for the next Venus album. Overdrive, isn't that 2009? 2008. Eight. 2008. So That's one year off. So literally this is four years between albums that are all original material. Yes. All right. right, because of the, the covers album. Because the covers yeah. album. Venus in Overdrive. I do like this cover. It's simple. Just a just a picture of Rick. Hold it up for the video so people can see it. And back on that's that's UM was it UMG, but it is uh it's universal music. So it's technically I, I think a I have a version that came out through Angel Milk Records, and the bonus track is the studio version of Who Killed Rock and Roll. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Dave doesn't have it. Well, and yours is in a jewel case? It's in a jewel case, yeah. Really? And then see see the bonus track, Who Killed Rock and Roll? Well, that's weird. Yeah, the the version I have is in like um a digipack. What they call the a digipack. Yes. Yeah, I'm not a digipack and it was guy. On, uh, Universal uh, Universal Music Group, I think UMG stands for. Yeah. I would rather have a jewel case. I I just said I'm not a digipack guy, but I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I used to hate them. I used to just be against it. But uh, if I if I order something from Amazon and it's a digipack thing, anytime it comes, 
it's screwed up. It's either bent mm, or cracked, and I end course. up sending it back. Yeah, yeah. Like three times, I'll send it back. But a jewel case, if the jewel case is broken, I have spares yeah, yeah. and I can just fix it myself. And that's the other thing. Jewel cases, from, they seem to always be broken when they show up. Yeah, a lot of times. So does the booklet, does your booklet have all the pictures of fans? Here we go. Dave, I feel like this is something that we would talk about just to, when we're alone. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking through the booklet. What am I looking for? Well, you're looking for the booklet that I have mm -hmm. is all pictures of fans. All right. No, this is this is not all fan pictures. This is really yeah. This this has band pictures and dog pictures. Wow. Yeah, that's completely well. That's in the one that I have, but the one that I have, the booklet. There's a guitar photo. Look at this. Don't turn away. No, I I feel like I should grab my my version. Yeah, go get it. All right, hold on. Go get it. So people just listening, we're uh, I just sent Dave into a tailspin because. Uh, the version I have is different from what he has. And now he's going to have to scour the internet tonight to find this version. It was released on Angel Milk Records. Yeah. I feel like this might be a collector's item, Dave. Is that what you're telling me? People in the video can see Dave's butt. He's looking through his, uh, his mess of CDs. Come on, Dave. You should be able to find it quicker than this. Here he comes. He's coming back. All right. Your, your office seems pretty big. Is that a... Okay. Uh, your office seems big. Is that a room that other people in the family are allowed to use? Uh, I'll allow them in. Yeah. All right. You know, that meant no. <laughs> but they have to be under supervision. All right. <laughs> so so let, let's... Is, tell me what... what, what what label is yours on? Venus and Overdrive. Mine is on New Door Records. All right. UME. Okay. How many tracks right. are on your version? Uh, I have 14. Oh, I have and 13. The bonus tracks. He does a cover of My Generation by The I, Who, and there's an acoustic Jesse's Girl on here. Okay. I don't have that. So send those two to me. I have track oh. 12 is Saint Sahara, and track 13 is Who Killed Rock and Roll. Yeah, this does not have uh, Who Killed Rock and Roll on it, which... But it has St. Sahara? Because I love that. It does, yes. But here's what I was talking about. So this booklet is all... Oh, yeah. And are you in that booklet? Am I, am I in this book? Of course, because it's got one dude in it, and it's you. <laughs> uh, let's see. So do you, have the do you have the studio track of Who Killed Rock and Roll? I do. All right. Uh, he also sent that one out, I think, live. All right. Yeah. There's a live version of that one, too. So, can you see that there? I, I can't really, but if you take a picture of it, you can right post there, it and guy. can... Okay, I see it. Yeah. Your, your faces are touching. Yeah. Yes, they are. All right. Did he leave any lipstick on your cheek? No. All right, Dave. No, what's not that night. What's your song? Uh, my song is I Will Miss That Someday. It is a song, I think it was written, um, it's co-written by Matt Bissonette, which, who passed, was it about their fathers, I think. All right, let's do it. Where is it? Where can I find it in my playlist? Here it is, I'll Miss That Someday. All right.
throw me out into the rain Then you comfort me with pain How can our love ever last? You're just a big pain in the ass God me Can we survive this stormy sea? Two worlds collide Right, so again, you just said this was uh, about his father, him and um... I, I. I'm thinking about that, and I'm, but I'm pretty sure it was. I saw in an interview where he mentioned that he and Matt Bissonette were writing about the you know the relationships that they had with their fathers, or, or the people someone had passed. I'm, I'm not exactly sure on that. Gotcha. And so he's going to that well again with his uh, you know remembering his dad. Yes. Now, David, yes. is your dad still with us? No. When no, did your when can I ask when your dad passed? Oh boy, uh, it's actually believe it or not today is my father's birthday. Um, uh, at this point, it's probably been almost ten years. Wow, so, you know, yeah, it's been five and ten years. Wow. Well, again, we we covered this already earlier in the show, but I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. And um, did you have a close knit relationship with your dad? Um, yeah, I, I would say we were, we were pretty close. He was very sick at the end, uh, too. And, and, uh, he had some, 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 some men- mentally had some, some issue, was ill, mm-hmm. which was difficult. Um, and, you know, cause as an adult, especially when you have kids and stuff, you, you want to, you kind of turn to your, your parents for, sure for advice and stuff. Um, so it was tough to, to see that happen, but, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, I'd say we were we were close and certainly shared um, a love of of music for sure. You know, I still have and listen to his old fifties forty five. So my you know my love of music and I think the type of music that I like is shaped from. You know, he used to listen to like Bill Haley and the Comets, and oh, cool. Buddy Holly, and you know, and and stuff like that. Very so, nice. Well, ten yes. years ago, he he couldn't have been that. He wasn't that old then, was he? Um, I think my mom, I spoke to my mom this morning. I think she told me that he would have been 84 today. So he was 74. Yes. In his, in his mid seventies. Okay. I think right. this is the type of thing that I should know. No, I mean, no, it's because I'm on the spot. I can't think of the, no, no, no. You don't need to, because you know, I, sometimes I'm like, when is my mom's birthday on the 23rd or is it on the 19th? You know, so it's cool. It's cool. But, um, well, I, again, I'm sorry to hear that. And yeah, 74 is way too young. Oh, for but sure. I'm glad your mom's sure. still with us. And yes. are, are your uh, are your in-laws still with us? Um, I lost my father-in-law. My mother-in-law is still with us. Yes. All right. So you you are basically you are the man of the family now. I suppose you yes. are. Well, it's not. It's not my son, right? You and your son, not yes. certainly not Ed, but no, you. Never. Yeah. Is Ed married? <laughs> no. No. He's. Uh, he is, uh, he is divorced. All right. Well, see, you're the you're the patriarch. You're the patriarch. You're holding it all down. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, yes. Let's let's move on. I went with now. I would play Saint Sahara, or even Who Killed Rock and Roll, but Saint Sahara just breaks me up too too much, and uh, 
and I do like the the kickoff track, which is what's Victoria's Secret. So that's yes. what I went with. So here we go. Her name, cause I really wanna see her. Tell me her game, cause I need an exit strategy. Oh, what a tragedy. But I know she's not what's best for me. And I know she'll cause me harm. And I know she'd rather fly away to someone else's arms. Oh, it's true, the world wants a mystery. But I need to know one thing. What's Victoria's Secret Tell me if the clothes she wears Will expose all of my weakness Woman, I just can't let go Till I know Victoria's Secret Whispering a love song in my ear Victoria's Secret Will harm me today Do I really need to know her name? You show me when this song dropped as a single, I remember uh, the aforementioned Mike Schmidt immediately calling or texting and saying, dude, you've got to hear this new Rick Springfield song. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Right? And like, it just kills me that something like, you know, I know it's a difficult, it's not so much like your top, certainly not top 40 anymore, but like on a hot AC type station. Yeah. I don't know we, how that doesn't get played. Well, even here's what's my problem with classic rock radio is they only play the three or four songs by every classic rock band. Right. They should also be leaning into new music by those artists. They should be playing. It should be like a classic rock artists station. So yes. promote their new stuff too. And stop, you know, you know, cheap tricks, my favorite band, but, for Christ's sake, surrender. I want you to want me in dream police. There's more other songs. There's other songs. I mean, right. even no, when I, I, I completely agree. Although on the classic rock station in New York, they don't, they don't play Rick. They'll play Brian Adams. They'll play Pat Benatar, but they won't play Rick Springfield, which oh. to me, it's like, come on, get enough already. Look, if you told me I had to throw away all my Pat Benatar CDs, all my Brian Adams CDs or all my Rick Springfield CDs, uh, adios, Brian and Pat, <laughs> without a doubt. Yes, I, I hear you. Do you think but, up until this point, this was his best album um, since the comeback albums? Do you like this better I than Karma? It. Yes. And yeah, this is sure. better than uh, Shock, Denial, Anger, Acceptance? Yes. It's obviously better than the covers album. Yes. So this, when this came out, this was like a home run. Like You got super excited. Oh, I, I played it to death yeah. because it was just, and that was actually, that one got released right before we went on the first uh, trip. All right. See. So he was playing a ton of that at the time. So yeah, you got super excited. I understand it. I get it. Speaking of getting super excited, this next album really got me so psyched. This was uh, yes. four years later. Rick pulls out all the stops on this one. It's songs for the end of the world. And th this came in four different album covers. It did indeed. Uh, each one had specific bonus tracks. Yes. There was an app. Well, that, there was an app that you could download for your phone, and if you turned it on and then put your camera on the album cover, the album cover moved. The artwork right. moved. Um, and the, the the I love all the album covers. 
There's also an acoustic version of the album that was a downloadable only through Amazon. Amazon. Yep. I mean, there were just, they were really working it uh, with this album, Songs for the End of the World. Tell me yes. about your relationship with this album. Um, I, I, of course, bought every physical version. Yeah, I bought, of, uh, I bought two of the physical versions. But yeah, I mean, the Best Buy one, I think, had the most tracks on it. Mm -hmm. you know, all the covers were different. And they all did different things if you uh, if you use that app, which I thought was cool. I'd never seen that before. Yeah. Um, I love this one. I, again, I, it 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 just you know being my favorite artist. I'll you know admit to possibly being um, biased. Biased. Thank you. <laughs> um, but to me, I you know other artists that I've loved from that era. You know, Brian Adams comes to mind. Even Prince comes to mind. Their new stuff was at best hit or miss. Yeah, it was a and, letdown. Yeah, and this thing was there's like not a loser. On they're all great, start to finish, top to bottom. Yeah, completely solid. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is another one I played. I played the hell out of it because I just you know I loved it so much. We will. Uh, we'll try to when this episode drops. We'll try to post some pictures and stuff on Twitter. Like I'll post all four of these album covers. Maybe you could post a picture of the single that he signed uh, to your brother uh, and stuff like <laughs> that. But yeah, this, I mean, it's, it was very difficult to pick a song off this album. And, uh, yeah. you know, quite a few weeks ago, uh, our friend Andy picked a song off this for the deepest cuts. Right. He picked um, um, a sign of life. I mean, it's just so good. So trying to pick one song was difficult, but you did it. And what did you pick? I picked Our Ship Sinking. So good. I defy anyone to hate this. Shipwrecked life Don't hold my hand right to the fire And I'll bear this cross of love Enough for you and love for me All righty. Now, as much as we like Venus and Overdrive, this is just a whole other level. Yes. I mean, this, I would, I would this is, this is, this is maybe in a top five Rick Springfield albums, possibly. I mean, it's, it's Very so good. Fair. My takeaway is you, you go buy this album. You've never heard it. I'm sure you've never heard it, people. So you should go get if, it. If this is your thing, if this is the type of, if you like that, you're going to love the rest of that album. It's just, it's so good. It's so good. And it must be, and again, it must be a little bit disappointing when you put your all into the packaging and the photos and the, of course the songwriting and the recording. And you're probably like, you know, if you're Rick Springfield, you're like, I got something great here. This is great. Yep. I can't wait for people to hear it. And then it can only do what it does. I mean, 
Again, well, cheap a combination of things. I mean, there's no outlet for it. No outlet where, for it. Where was it? What year? Was, so that you said that was 2012. 2012. So in 2012, where does that get played? I know. I agree. It's 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 tough. You know, there's no place. If you did a video, there's no place to play it. No, you, you put know, it on YouTube. Isn't picking it up. Yeah. So like, only you know, fans. Only fans know that there's new music by some artists. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, unless you're Bon Jovi or Bruce Springsteen or like one of those names, yeah. nobody, nobody's paying attention. You know, the, the industry, I should say, is not, Isn't, is not paying attention. attention. It's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah, because how does that change? It's not going to change. You, you just need to be making music for your fans and for yourself. Right. Well, and to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense because like we're the demo that spends money right so we buy physical cds and we go yeah. to concerts and like why wouldn't you want to play that you know why wouldn't there be a station out there that caters to that sort of thing and when you say buy physical cds you mean buy four versions of the same <laughs> album <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. All right. I mean, going out and finding the the version of who you know Venus and Overdrive that's right. on that other record label. Oh, you'll be looking for that tonight on eBay. I guarantee yeah, it. You bet I will. All right, this is uh the song I picked is "I Hate Myself." Yes. My so-called friends all quit without a kiss goodbye. I'm a creep, and so do I. I think they all think that I'm insane. You're the weak link in my chain. I climb on your cross and go ahead and crucify me. Again, yeah, I mean, those are the examples we're giving you of this great album, people. Funny thing about that. So before the album, while he was recording the album, he did a thing where he told fans to record themselves on YouTube singing, I hate myself. Okay. And he sent, you know, send the, the link off to wherever and they would include it. You didn't do that though, right, Dave? You didn't do it. <laughs> You know I did. Um, and on one of the bonus tracks, he pieced together, they pieced together all, like, all of the submissions. The track is, like, 15 minutes long. But luckily, I'm, like, I'm, like, the second or third voice that you hear. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, I'm, I'm technically, I'm on that song, you know, in that breakdown in the middle where they're just screaming, I, I hate myself. Very nice. All right. That's cool. See that? I mean... He's still doing stuff for his fans. Yes, he is. He's he's being. Why do I feel like I've just gone too far with information? Today? No, you haven't. This is exactly what people want. This is why we call it a deep <laughs> a deep dive or whatever you want to call this episode. Um, four years later, we get Rocket Science. Uh, now, th th you know this was touted as like a country album. Yes, I don't find it to be a country album at all. I mean, certainly the, certainly the album artwork doesn't say country to me. He doesn't got a cowboy hat on. He's not, you know what I'm saying? No, no but there are tracks on this album that are undeniably country. They're, they're country tinged. Mm, okay. You throw a fiddle on there <laughs> and you call it a country okay. song. 
I mean, there's two. There, there's a monkey on this album, and, and you know there, that's not. There's not, a rule. There's a rule that if you make a country album, you can't put a monkey on your cover. You can, but he's he's got to have a he's got to have cowboy boots on. <laughs> spurs. Yeah, he's got to have spurs and a hat. Um, this is uh, this is not as good as. Songs for the end of the world, but there are some fabulous songs on there this. There are some great, some great, songs. great songs. Great songs. What do you, What do you got for us? Uh, I my submission is that one. All right, and I know that one, and that one is good. face down in the dirt I never ever felt this pain inside before her eyes seemed to show me to the door even when she knew I wanted more I could have should have ended us tonight but I'm not Great song. See, that one I don't feel. Is there any country in that one at all? Eh, not really. Not really. I don't hear so, that much country in these. Maybe I have to go back and listen top to bottom again. I, uh, a couple of them. I picked two. I couldn't. Uh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't decide between these two. So we're gonna end up hearing three songs from this album. The first one I picked is. Can I guess. Yeah. Go ahead. Did you pick that? Light that party up. I didn't. Really? How about down? I didn't. Wow. <laughs> now I'm surprised. Well, I picked, my first one is the best damn thing. Okay. And here we go. Damn thing and I'm the lucky one. So I don't feel like that's a country song. And yet if Keith Urban sang, if Keith Urban sang this, this is his number one hit. No, well, I agree with that, but you would definitely hear some of that. Uh, what is it? Pedal. Yeah. That. It's there in the chorus. When we were fading out there, you could hear it. But yeah, I agree with you. It's very, there's a definitely a, a modern country feel to that song. Right. Um, part of it that I think doesn't so much work for me is that he doesn't, you know, like he doesn't have that country voice. He doesn't twang it up. He doesn't like try to put the twang on. Exactly. So like it doesn't, 
I guess maybe to me some of that it doesn't completely work. Yeah, but I, I really like that song too. Like bon, bon Jovi will twang up his voice a little bit if he's going there. You know what I mean? Springsteen will twang it up. He's from Jersey, Springsteen. He did, but he'll twang up that voice. Exactly. I'm gonna get that on a T-shirt. Twang it up. I just, I just feel like you know. I wonder whether or not somebody in the management went, "Hey, Rick, you know what's really popular right now? Country crossover." Oh, albums. you think I should try um, that and put monkeys yeah. on my cover? <laughs> but. You know, it's still good. Still a great. It's still a great album for sure. Yeah, it is. And then, and here's the thing: the next song I'm going to play was a bonus track on the Best Buy version only. Oh yeah, I think we, we've actually we've talked about this. Yeah, there were two bonus tracks on there. One was called Mercy, and the other one is it's one of my favorite Rick Springfield songs. When I interviewed him, I brought this song up and I told him how much I loved it and that I, I didn't know why it didn't make the cut. And that son of a bitch. Uh, weeks later, I see him on a YouTube interview. He brings up this song walking in himself and goes, <laughs> this apparently is one people like a lot. And I'm like, yeah, because I told you we did. You <laughs> bastard. So Is that guy's name? <laughs> right. He doesn't know he my name. He loved it. Uh, yeah, so this song is called Walking In, and I will play this on a loop like a mental patient. So here we go. <laughs> here we go. Love it, and it's funny with these yeah. with these two bonus tracks, they're not tacked onto the end of the album. They're like they're, inter, they're like they're interspersed with the rest of the album, which I which for sequencing wise, it's just it's kind of weird. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I think that was the Best Buy version, right? They yes, those. Um, That's the only place you can get there. I don't know if it was on this one or not, but for a while there, iTunes, you know, there'd be like an extra iTunes track, right? Or, um. Yeah, I don't, you know, you put 18 tracks on Shock Denial, Anger, Acceptance. Why not throw, why not leave that stuff on all of them? But yes. I guess they're just trying to market to different outlets. And do you like the song Walking In? You know, I, it, it's never been one of my favorites, but listening to it now, um, I liked it more hearing it just now. Yeah, I don't know I why. I maybe in my mind I have him doing a certain type of music and then I hear that and I go, you know, it's good, but it's not necessarily what I'm expecting. So it's just a, it's a weird kind of thing. Well, then this next album that came out in 2018, uh, the snake King, this is his attempted some blues, the blue, the yeah, blues album. Yeah, for sure. Which when I, when I, first of all, when I heard that, I was like, please no, cause it's not my thing. I don't like when Aerosmith does it. I don't like when the stones do it. 
I just talked about this uh, on another episode, um, an episode that'll come out later with Mike Siegel, but I just, just stay in your lane. <laughs> yeah, I think he's gotten to the point now where it's kind of like, all right, you know what? I made uh, two of arguably three of the most commercial albums that should have been commercially successful. And yeah. Nobody seemed to care. So, you know what? I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. And here's my blues album. And listen, man, there's so many years of such great stuff. If he wants to make a blues album, go for it. I'm but, in for, you know, however many physical. This one, this one certainly didn't get much of a spin from me. And this is the um, one he was promoting when he was on the show. Right. So I probably told him it was great. But, um, <laughs> but it just, yeah, it just doesn't, uh, there's only like a couple of songs I like really. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of songs on there that I, I, I liked a lot and played a lot, but yeah. for the most, as a whole, yeah, you know, like when I, I, I will sometimes put it on and kind of listen to it start to finish. Cause I feel like it's one of those albums. Yeah. That, and, um, and to try to convince yourself to like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're like, yeah. Maybe I didn't give I really, this one. I really should like this. I really should like this. I really should. Yeah. But and again, he, it's like it's like you said too. It's not necessarily my thing. It's not necessarily music yeah. that I listen to all the time. So it would you know be kind of disingenuous for me to be like, I love it. Yeah. But every other blues album I've ever heard in my life, I haven't taken to. <laughs> so. This album's called The Snake King, and it's the laziest album cover of all time. Yeah, not not super, not a lot going Does on. Does not there. jump out at you at all. So it does have the distinction of being uh, his latest, the only album he's put out of all these newer albums that was released on vinyl. And, and so you have it, I, of course. I have the limited edition red version that I think only <laughs> five hundred copies were pressed. All right, something of these are. I look, I I'm laughing, and yet these are investments. These are something that yeah, that go it goes up in value. How'd you know that's what I told Nancy? That the, it's uh that's an investment. I I still buy physical movies. And if it comes in a steel book, I buy the steel book. And those things, they those are limited. And then if you if you price them on eBay, it's true. They they, you know, they go up in value. So I, you know, I told Pilar, I go, look, if I if I if I pass early, just let Kyle have all the stuff and let him list it on eBay. He'll know exactly how much everything's right. worth and uh and you'll get a little bit of you'll get a little bit of coin out of my dead carcass so <laughs> you're uh you're such a romantic fat and, and she said absolutely i will no uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right we have uh your song is little demon yes little demon from the snake king evil <laughs>
it's recorded well. Yeah, Sonically, it's good. They released, they released that one as like a teaser track, and I was psyched. I heard that and really liked it. Yeah. Um, but it's not all like that. It's not all like that. No. no. Uh, the song I picked is Land of the Blind. Yes, it leads off the album. Yes. The priest wears a black eye patch and fake pride of perfume. On his walking cane is a holy Roman ring. He wants a blindfold you all alone in his bedroom. In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. I think the reason I like that is because it's not bluesy at all. It's the one that sounds the most just like a Rick Springfield song. Yes. And he said, I've, I've heard him say in, in, in interviews that they led the album off with that song deliberately to kind of bridge the gap between, you know, rocket science to snake King yeah. and kind of ease the fans in, into the, the different sounds. So yeah, that one could have easily been on rocket science or even yeah. karma with all that slide guitar. But sadly for me, you hear that song and then the next songs come up and you're like, what the fuck is this stuff? <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, where's the, where's my land of the <laughs> blind? You were getting into with being, with it being a blues album or maybe not. I did. I, I did. Know. But then when I heard that, I'm like, well, this isn't really blues. I'll keep, I can get into this. And then I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. You know, I thought like, what's the song on shock? Um, that's very, it's slow and, uh, and somewhat bluesy. Um, alien, alien virus, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. So I, and I like that song a lot. So I was thinking maybe it'll be some kind of like that, but it's, uh, yeah. Someone just tried to, uh, wanted to enter, but then they disappeared very quickly. Do I even want to know what their name was? It, no, it, 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 it came up and disappeared so quickly that I didn't, it oh, didn't even register. To look. No. Oh, that's neat. Come on, Rick Springfield. I just, you know, what's weird is I just retweeted it and said, Rick, you got about 15 more minutes to join us. Buddy. <laughs> Let's get in here. That would be great. Um, if you, if you were like a celebrity and you just were Sunday afternoon, randomly scrolling through your Twitter and you saw something like that, would you jump in? Uh, in, in in any other year, maybe not, but now, but now yeah, you know, you're sitting around the house and you're maybe, you're, although he's been really busy lately, but I mean, like, you know, looking for something to do. Why not? I would, you know, I can tell you right now, I would do it in a second. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, just for the, just for the fun of it. Um, I'm not a celebrity and I'm telling you people, if I scroll through and see it, I'm in. <laughs> so get ready. Here I come. All right. Uh, a year later, orchestrating my life. This is one of those albums that uh, a lot of bands do like live albums like this, like Metallica or, and then kiss does it. And they claim that they had the idea to do it first because it's yeah, kiss. Well, that's the MO. So this is just, he takes his hits and he puts the strings to the hits. Yes. But my problem with this album is that he didn't, he didn't go all the way with it. It, it. These actually just feel like the original audio takes, you know what I mean? And then they put some minimal strings on some of these, like some of them work exceptionally well. Yeah. And, and some of them don't work as well. And yes, they, they clearly put a lot of time and effort into trying to recreate 
those studio tracks. Yes. Which uh, which bands do a lot now too because they're looking to either market them to commercials right. or get some of the money back from the the music com- or the record companies. Um, I some of them are great. I think I think Jones Joan Jet I think redid I Hate Myself for Loving You and it's kind it's difficult to tell. <laughs> Okay. Uh, my, part of my problem with these orchestration things is that they do this, right? So they they re-record the original tracks. Uh-oh. Hold on. I know this dude. <laughs> hey Matt Berkey. Hey. How you doing? Hey Matt. Hang on, we're gonna let we're gonna we're gonna let Dave finish his thought and then we'll talk to you to Matt Berkey. Go ahead, Dave. Um no, so so you know, I've listened to these songs for 30, 40 years. I know every nuance of the actual recording. Right. So like one of the songs that he did include on this is World Star Turning, which we played earlier. Yeah. Not necessarily considered a hit. Um, but there's drum parts in that song that are, are very specific to that song. And they didn't recreate some of them in this recording. So it just... It it's weird. It kind of bugs me. It's weird. It feels all, weird. All right. Before we play your song, let's say hi to Matt Berkey. Matt Berkey is a, a listener of the show. He's a Patreon guy. You've heard his voice many times because he participates in the uh, in the fan curated episodes. Uh, Matt, thanks for jumping in here. You're not Rick Springfield, but we still, <laughs> you know, we still welcome you because I know who you are. Uh, Matt, are you, uh, where are you, where are you at right now, Matt? Where are we talking to you from? Hi, uh, Matt Berkey in Iowa City, Iowa. Another snowstorm here in the Midwest. And are you sick of the snow or do you like it when it happens? It's nice the first month and then month two of the snow, you kind of get over it. Gotcha. I mean, I would love, I mean, if I looked out and saw snow, I would love it. But yeah. Eight inches of snow on the ground. So you're in, you can't, you're not going anywhere. Nope. Pandemic and snow. We're going to get hammered the next two days too. Yeah. Dave's in New Jersey. So they're going to get some snow too. Uh, Matt, are you a Rick Springfield fan at all? I discovered Rick Springfield uh, in high school when I had a best of 80s number one hits. Okay. And that's when I first heard of Jesse's Girl. And uh, I didn't really get a deep dive into him until your interview with him on the Rock Solid podcast. Nice. Thank you very much for, uh, first of all, Matt it knows how to uh, suck up to the host, which is a good thing <laughs> always. We are, we are winding down on the Rick Springfield catalog right now, Matt. We are into talking about an album called Orchestrating My Life, which came out in 2019. And Dave is just about ready to introduce the song he wants me to play. So Dave, back to you. Yes. Uh, one of the ones that um, I said I think works really, really well is uh, April 24th, 1981, My Father's Chair. All right. Let's listen to it. That one does work. 
Yeah, that big big crescendo at the end is you know that one that one really they they did a great job with that. And his uh, his voice that's the thing. Rick Springfield's voice is still good. Yes, it's really solid. He's not like straining like meatloaf okay. or someone. He's good. Is that straining? I guess so. What's that? I just had a ping here. Let me turn. Let me quit out of Safari. A lot of I'm keeping a lot of balls in the air right now, Matt. Uh, Matt, will you will you have work tomorrow, or will the snow keep you in, or are you working from home? Uh, no, I work Wednesday to Saturdays. Oh, perfect then. Sleep in tomorrow. Yep. Are you in an apartment or a house? This is a apartment on the third floor. So uh, good luck trying to get in. <laughs> And you won't have to go out and shovel anything tomorrow either. No, because that's the rental company's job. Very good. All right. My song from Orchestrating My Life by Rick Springfield, 2019. It's the first track on the album, and it kicks off with about a minute and a half of orchestration before it kicks in, and it's Christina. Now, we're not going to hear a minute and a half intro, but I did cue it up so uh, you would hear a bit of it. So here we go, Christina. Christina orchestrated. Matt, what'd you yeah, think that of that? One works really well for me because the, they, they really work the orchestration into it with some of the others. It just kind of feels like it's, it's there, but it's underneath. Um, so yeah, that one, that one, that one works. That one too. Yeah. Matt, what did you think of that? I thought that was great. It's uh, it, something you bring up on the show a lot is, I hear Jesse's girl on terrestrial radio that why can't they play anything like this from the same artist? We just chatted about that before you joined yes. Matt. So thank you oh, for absolutely. nailing that. Like, thank you for uh, nailing it home. All terrestrial classic rock stations do two for Tuesday. And so you could start with Jesse's girl and then go, Hey, Rick Springfield's got a new album. Check this out. Yeah. Why don't that should, that's what two for Tuesday should be, Matt. I agree with you. Play a, yeah. play a classic and then play a new song done ACDC do back in black and then something off their album from last year excellent i love it matt good job which as we all know is their best album in 30 years Pat. the new album is yeah yes, power up of course it is right. <laughs> uh i'm gonna throw down this song that just came out a couple weeks ago it's from a bad finger tribute album it features the the lone member of uh bad finger that's still alive i think his name is joey molland i might be saying that wrong but um, this is a song, it's uh, Badfinger and Rick Springfield, and it's called Love Is Gonna Come At Last. So let's listen to this. I don't know if I queued it up. 
It's actually a bad finger song that I don't know. But I yeah, like I wasn't it. Familiar with that one either? Yeah, he plays. Uh, he plays guitar and and obviously sings on that. And that was all done remotely too, which is crazy. The stuff that you hear that people are doing while they're you know sequestered or not sequestered, yeah. but um, you know in their in their homes is is incredible. Well, Dave, we're doing this while we're in our homes. Good. That's an excellent point. We couldn't be further. The three of us couldn't be further apart right now. It's true. It's very. Well, true. You know, there's uh, miles of distance between the three of us. So, Matt, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to cut you loose. I appreciate you jumping in here, but we're going to geek out and close out this show. But thanks for popping in. It's always good to hear you on the show and you contribute. Yes. Um, whenever I see your file come in, I get excited. And it, I don't think you've ever missed one. If you have, I've been disappointed. So keep, keep, uh, keep on keeping on. Is that a thing that an old man says? Um, <laughs> Quite possible. We'll see you later, Matt. <laughs> See you, Matt. Let's hear that voice, Matt. Say goodbye. Hi, this is Matt Berkey saying goodbye. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Keep on keeping on. Who says that? <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. I, someone did uh, did pop in. Yeah. And um, his picture's still there. I don't know if he's still there and I can't see him. Let me see if I can. Uh... There we go. Yeah, I threw him in a waiting room. Sorry, Matt. Um, yeah, because I want to close. We got to close it out. Uh, we got to close it out with just uh, the Dave Man. Who says that? Oh, jeez. Let's go. Let's what? keep on keeping on with the Dave goodness. Man. <laughs> it's uh, it's Pat and Dave are in the morning. All right. So it brings us to what is Rick Springfield up to right now? He's releasing the Orchestrating Your Life as a live album. Yes. It's a it's a, a live album. It's like a pa it's like a package. But on um, on Valentine's Day, they are doing the pay per view of that live show. And from what I've heard, there was like a YouTube promotional video for it. It's not just the concert. Apparently, it's also him talking about um, his complete career with like pictures and it's interviews with him. So it's it's uh, it sounds like it's going to be very cool. Um, and of course I have already placed my order. Of course you have. Um, now I had tickets to that exact show cause it, they that recorded the it. One that was, re that, that was recorded. They recorded it at the Saban theater in Beverly Hills. Okay. And I had tickets for, I had free tickets, to, but I think I only had one ticket. And I think that night I was like, do I want to go by myself? And then I opted not, I just, I opted not uh -huh. to, but had I known that it was going to be released, um, you know, to home video. Right. Cause that there can't be any better souvenir than that. And yes. it's actually happened four times out here to me. Uh, really? Melissa Etheridge recorded the show I was at and released it. The pretenders did Cheryl Crow did. 
and there's a fourth one. Oh, oh you, you too, the uh, 360 tour at, huh. at, the, uh, at the Rose Bowl. So, uh, yeah, I was at all four of those, the exact shows that were released to home video. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, I've, um, I'm trying to think. I, when he played with Foo Fighters, they did a couple of shows in New York mm-hmm. around the time of um, the Sound City documentary. And I wasn't able to go to those shows. I was, I was had previously scheduled work those nights. And that was a bummer. Although I don't know if they recorded those. I don't know how that relates, but... It, it relates because it's, it's something, it's another cool thing that Rick Springfield has done. Here's, here's my wish. I wish that Rick would go into the studio with Dave Grohl producing and the Foo Fighters backing him up and do a whole album. That, that, be, that it, might get some play. It, 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 it would be, oh, well, yeah, I would think it would for sure. Yeah. I mean, the song that they did for the soundtrack, I think the, the man that, um, Man that wasn't there. There you go. Thank you. How do I forget these things? Yeah. Um, I think that track is great, and I think the Grohl. You know, you, you've seen that documentary. I think that he has a. He really likes Rick Springfield and that yeah. and the music. Yes. Um, so you know, I think they, I think that's the music would be great, and I think he would really get into it, and then they could produce it on that board, right? Right, because he still has it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the the Neve is that what it's called? The Neve. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yes. And they could call that album. I'd call that Rick Springfield. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> That's what I'd call that album. Produced by Davey Dave Grohl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I, I can't think of anything that w- wouldn't give you, would give you more credibility than working with Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. Cause there's yeah, still, and, and the sound of it would be great. I mean, if you listen to that working class dog album, you know, a lot of it is, you know, their Foo Fighter stuff is harder, Yeah, but it's in the same vein, right? You know, because that was his goal with that album. He said that he basically just wanted to get a drummer, a bass player, a guitar player, and songs that he could play in bars and clubs. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what it is. If you've never seen him live, he's great live. Yes. He's a great performer. He gives his all. Especially when you consider that he's 70 years old. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more re- energy than, you know. It's really amazing. Together. And, um. Yeah. And sometimes when you see these guys off stage, they kind of like the energy's up for stage. And when you see them off stage, they kind of just like, you know what I mean? Like just kind of collapse into their old manness. But um, <laughs> when Rick was on uh, on the show live and we were hanging out with him in the green room, he was he was up and energetic and and just, you know, wearing the, the, the Chuck Taylors and just uh, looked cool and super nice and everything was good. Signed anything I put in front of him to give away to people. He's, he's always very, uh, yeah. very accommodating when yeah. he runs into fans. Um, he's also doing, and I don't know what the delay is on this. Um, he's doing a project with Matt Bissonette. I think Matt Bissonette, Bissonette's brother, Greg, mm-hmm. and I forget who the guitar player is, but it's called the, Lo- they're called the locusts. And it's an entire album of Beatles type music because he's a huge he's not a, Beatles covers but Beatles influenced sounding yes, Beatles music influenced sounding sounding music and I'm not quite sure what the delay is on that because it's been a while um, and a couple of tracks popped up on a blog and on a blog a um, um, a podcast somewhere yeah. well um, but I'm, I'm I'm really I'm I'm interested to hear that for sure no offense to Rick Springfield but I mean release that now because you're not going to get any more or less play if you release it during the pandemic than you yeah. would 
if you release it at a normal time. Because again, right. as we've said, it's Rick Springfield and where are they going to play this music? Yes, so. yes. And also, he's got the book, like he was on, the sec his second book came out this week. Yeah, he's too. got two novels. He's got an autobiography. Yeah. He's got he's, a documentary, which, as I said, you're in. When you say these pretty much checked everything off the list. Yeah. He's done anim animated shows. Well, yes. Has he done a porno? Not to my knowledge, Pat. All right. I can't, well, uh, I certainly was not involved. All right. Well, put it on the list. <laughs> my list. All right, Dave. Um, the playout song today is going to be Jesse's Girl because yes. we, we glossed over it because we knew we would just save it to the end because it is, it is still great. But yeah. Rick Springfield is so much more than just that one song. And even for Matt sure. Berkey said it during yeah, his time yeah, with for us. Sure. And, he'll, and he'll tell you that he still, you know, he still loves playing that song. And, you know, I could see where he would. But, you know, as fans, it just kind of, if I hear, so is it really a Jesse's girl? One uh, more time in an interview. Yeah. It's just like, oh, Give a damn. Right. The, um, and of course he likes playing it. He wrote it. If it was a song that the label handed to them, to him, he would probably not like playing it anymore. But since he wrote it, it's his tune. All right, Dave, this was great. I had a great yes, time. Thank you. Let's uh, do a little promoting. You're on Twitter. You want people to follow you? Sure. All right. What's your Twitter handle? I believe, you know, it's like, do I even remember? It's, uh, I believe it's at D Festini. All right. Perfect. And what's yes. your, what's your, uh, your profile picture? It's not you. It's a puppet, isn't it? That is, um, uh, that is Don Music from Sesame Street. All right. He was the guy who used to play the piano and he would try to write uh, nursery rhymes and he would get so frustrated that he couldn't come up with lyrics. He would slam his head <laughs> into the piano. Nice. Um, and I believe the story goes that they discontinued his character because children were slamming their heads into pianos, which I guess makes sense. But I don't know. I That's kind of rock and roll. <laughs> I just love that character. So yeah, it's done. It's done music. All right. We are at rock solid show. You can follow Kyle at, at uh, Kyle Dotson funny. You can follow me at Pat underscore Francis. You can go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show, t-shirts, episodes, all that good stuff. And if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast. And for as little as $2 a month, you can win prizes and you can be involved in all the Patreon um, listener curated episodes. So do head it. over there and, and do it. I can, I am, I am proof positive that you can win with the Patreon stuff. I have, uh, I've won a couple of CDs up until this point and, and being able to take part of the, in the, the podcast is awesome too. It's been, it's been, it was great last year. Well, thank um, you. Thank you so much. And, uh, and for five dollars, you get your episodes ASAP. Like this, this episode, this isn't going to drop for like a month, I don't think. But the ASAP Club is probably going to have this tomorrow. Wow! If you go, if you go to the ten dollars tier, and again, I'm not ramming it down your throat, but I'm just going to tell you, <laughs> if you go to the ten dollars tier, there's over a hundred videos on the Patreon page, and you can just scroll through and watch all kinds of unboxings and different cool stuff. I know there's a video on there when. Yeah, there's tons of content. There's there's a video on there where um, I was with Mike Schmidt and and Kyle, and I I got uh, every member of Mr. Big's autograph after a show. You know, you get to see a little bit of uh, how I work it. So um, 
<laughs> that's it. Get, head over there. And, uh, and it would make my day. It really would. So Dave Festini, thank you so much. Thanks for being yes. on the show. And everybody, please enjoy. If you've never heard it before, this is Jesse's Girl. Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine. But lately something's changed. It ain't hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl and I want to make her mine. And she's watching him with those eyes. And she's loving with that body, I just know it And he's holding her in his arms late, late at night Play along with the charade That doesn't seem to be a reason to change You know I feel so dirty when they start talking cute I wanna tell her that I love her but the point is probably moot Cause she's watching him with those eyes And she's loving him with that body I just know it And he's holding her in his arms late, late at night Thanks, Pat.